stay hidden. Or we will not survive. Leave us alone. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? You still want Kenobi. He's gone. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him. Now, this series is directed by Deborah Chow, and it's starring Ewan McGregor, Rupert Fiend, Sung Kang, Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, Simone Kessel, Jimmy Smits, Kumail Nanjiani, and Hayden Christensen. So, Obi-Wan Kenobi has been a series that's been long in development, so long in development, it actually started off as a film. They were initially planning to make Obi-Wan Kenobi a film, and then, all of a sudden, Lucasfilm changed their strategy. After the events of the sequel trilogy, as well as the solo original movie that they did a few years ago, things changed around because I think the fans did not receive some of these projects as well as Lucasfilm and co. might have hoped, and so... Disney Plus comes around in 2019, The Mandalorian comes out, and it's a mega smash hit. Everybody loves The Mandalorian, and then even season two is better and ups the ante and makes people even fall in love with that series more. And now we're seeing Star Wars really, really invest and dive into the TV front on their streaming service with Disney Plus. We've had The Book of Boba Fett also come around. We had the Star Wars original shorts that came out last year, Visions, which came from all different Japanese anime houses. And now we have other shows that are on the horizon like Andor and Mandalorian Season 3. So they're really investing into the TV front. But Obi-Wan Kenobi is a project that's been long gestating for a few years because it did start as a movie. And then they decided to go ahead and shift things around and now make it a six-part limited event series. And so today what we're going to do is spoil the hell out of the series. And we're going to dive into <laughs> all the details because we've gotten three episodes of Obi-Wan at this point. But before we do get into spoilers, we're going to give our general high-level thoughts about what we've seen thus far, non-spoiler territory, so you'll be safe in case you have not tapped into Obi- Obi-Wan. But then we will dive into all the specifics of what we've seen so far. So with all of that out the way, man, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you finally. What have you thought so far about parts one through three of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, man, one of the things that looms over star wars head to this day and it's kind of always been like this but it's 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 very much its fan base and how the fan base decides to take in new content from star wars literally a lot of people in the star wars world they literally like episodes four through six and everything after that is always a shit show for them (laughs) like they don't care what it is they're like eh eh i don't know about that i don't know about this um you know that happens a lot um i've never been that fan right i usually um one thing about star wars that also looms over its head for me i always end up comparing it to the last thing that came out it's just what i do right if episode eight of star wars comes out i compare it to episode seven episode seven comes out i'm like man how did six go um and so you know coming coming into obi-wan i'm like man the 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 book of boba fett was just okay for me right 
And so coming into Obi-Wan, I do feel like something is clicking better for me than, than, than Boba Fett was. I think there are very much obvious things there where Boba Fett didn't really have story until that TV show even was, was, was coming out. Same uh, or they were unveiling story of Boba Fett in the Mandalorian, um, w- which was happening. But um, specifically, we're here in Obi-Wan. This is a very beloved character who has been here since the very beginning of Star Wars. And I think that means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Some people are like, man, I cannot wait to see Obi-Wan in this element. We, A lot of us love Ewan McGregor. A lot of us love episode three. I still think episode three is one of the best episodes of Star Wars. Um, and, and again, a lot of people are still stuck in the past, though, too, with, with episodes four through six. Ooh, I don't know if we even should touch Obi-Wan here. They, they didn't talk about, there was no, no Obi-Wan to talk about in the newer trilogy. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's just a lot of different, different thoughts and opinions here, but I'm, I'm very much again of the mindset of how the last thing went because Boba Fett left, not a nasty taste in my mouth. It was fine at the end of the day for me. I don't hate it at all, but it wasn't peak Star Wars <laughs> or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and so coming off the backs of that, I'm enjoying myself. I am. And I think it's because I just like you and McGregor <laughs> as this character so much that like, some of it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect for me to enjoy it. Like I'm still having an okay time watching this character and watching the things he, he he's doing on the screen. The only things in this series that are w- weird is uh, uh, it being such a vast story. There's always conflicts on some things happening on screen, I think, versus there's continuity, random problems happening sometimes. Oh, sometimes yeah. there's tonal shifts um in obi-wan uh but i'm not sure the bad ever outweighs the good for me in this show compared to how uh uh audiences are reacting to it beyond all the 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 moses stuff you you know just the people who are actually talking about this as a series as star wars as as uh, as reviews i just don't see the hate (laughs) that a lot of people are giving it man um because so many things in it that I do like. I like this the little layer that we have. I like some of the 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 Easter eggs we are getting. Again, Ewan McGregor is going to have a, a great um, um, performance every time. Uh, I, I may not like every storyline that's happening <laughs> that are coinciding, you know, side by side. But overall, uh, this is this is a, a show that I, I'm enjoy watching very much more than I enjoyed watching the book of Boba Fett. And that's, for me, that's a win. Mm. <laughs> um, and, that, and that's kind of how I'm taking it per se. Um, because again, in this, I think everyone is still, we, we talk about, we uh, go through these MCU shows so much. And I think everyone is still very much trying to figure out this Disney plus thing. And especially this is um, um, in the same vein that we, we in the previous uh, shows, we talked about, well, we, we've had characters of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We knew Loki. And then they give us Moon Knight, a brand new character. We kind of doing the opposite. People didn't know. I mean, Mando was brand new. Boba Fett, in a lot of ways, was brand new. You know what I mean? Like, they had a lot of stuff they needed to make up. And here we are kind of doing the opposite in the the, the, the third-ish show. Uh, unless you count the Bad Batch, right? The, the third-ish show mm. kind of that we're getting here from, from Star Wars um, is a character that we already know. And that we've known for a very long time. And I think that's another risk 
that Star Wars is taken by doing that. And so I kind of respect that, I think, as I'm watching it um, in, in, in trying to figure out what they're trying to figure out. Um, and so I, I think uh, the beginning, episodes one and two, were just fine. I think episode three definitely shines. A lot of people know that because of uh, uh, the things <laughs> you know that transpired in that episode. But I also think that um, the things that transpired in the episode also could have been saved and, and you know used for later on down the line. And I think um, again, overall, this is still a cadence that people are trying to figure out uh, because there's only so many episodes that they have. I don't know why they keep doing this, <laughs> but. Um, Again, with that being said, man, it's, it's, it's fine for me. Some things I really love. Some other things are like, I'm not so sure about that, but I can look past it for now. Um, I'm, I think I'm a more forgiving Star Wars fan than probably I should be. And some things, even me, I'm, I don't forgive. Like episode nine of Star Wars, I, there's a lot of stuff in that movie. I'm like, man, what is this? But again, um, I think Obi-Wan has a different challenge. And I actually accept all the, all the challenges and all the things that I, I don't find to be the greatest in, in, in this uh, particular series. I, I, I kind of look past them a little bit more than I think I would some other things. So again, I really overall, I'm enjoying myself. I, I actually do love a, a lot of bits about, uh, about this show. Um, and again, we'll talk about it more when we get into spoilers, but those are kind of my, my first initial thoughts. Certainly, the, the, this series is unlike anything else. Star Wars is kind of the first true mega fandom that, that reached across the globe. It was, it was a smash phenomenon, obviously, when it came out. That doesn't need to necessarily be reiterated, but one of the interesting things, I think, to your point and what you were alluding to earlier is the changes and the evolution of the series over the course of time. And, and so many people were very much tied to the OG original trilogy from the 70s and the 80s. Prequels come out not well received they actually got really really hammered when they were out and now lately we're seeing sort of this reclamation of the prequel trilogy because a lot of people who were young when those movies came out myself included because the mm -hmm. phantom menace was the first star wars film i saw in theaters we've now grown up and obviously as you grow up and you look back on things with rose-colored glasses you develop you develop more love and affection for those things there's a sense of mm -hmm. nostalgia there that really cannot be equaled regardless of the quality you know, you find some of the some of the the charm in the bad things, right? The things that might not have worked and you were really angry about when you first saw it. But then over time, as you get a little bit further away from it, it becomes good and, and it's reborn almost. And I think a lot of people have been going through that with this series because of the fact that Ewan McGregor was such a pivotal part of that original prequel trilogy, as well as Hayden Christensen, who we found out a couple of years ago during that iconic Disney Plus Investor Day that he was going to be coming back as Anakin Skywalker mm -hmm. slash Darth Vader in the series. And so folks were like, oh, wait, wait a second. Now this is really interesting because we didn't know Vader was going to be in the series. And it wasn't even initially intended for that to be the case. Deborah Chow has talked about that that had to actually be a fight for Anakin to be a part of this, which mm -hmm. is kind of crazy to think about now because they are so tied together as characters. And so I think it just drummed up so much excitement for people to know Oh, well, this one thing that kind of really did work in those original prequel films, that relationship between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and was further elaborated on in other shows like The Clone Wars, now we get mm. to see that play out in this time period that we've never really examined before. And there's a lot of mystery there. And as you said, that there's canonical things that kind of throw this off a little bit. But I think by and large, people are like, well, you know, we can forgive certain things and look past it and see what mm. they have to, to offer us. And now that we've gotten the show and I've watched it three episodes in, I'm very much of a mixed mind about it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's largely due to the fact 
of the pacing of the show more than anything, which I'll talk about. But I do want to just mention some quick positives. Ewan McGregor here, totally doing incredible work, and I expect nothing less. He's really, really a tremendous actor. I love him in pretty much anything I see him in. And now Mm -hmm. him coming back to this really iconic role that he's now kind of more associated with than even Alec Guinness. You know, maybe not for everybody, because there are people certainly from that time period of 1977 who saw Star Wars when they were a kid, like... Alex mm-hmm. Guinness, he's always going to be Obi-Wan to them, and I get that. Um, but for a lot of people, Ewan McGregor is that guy, and he's back doing incredible work, and I just love the fact that he gets to put probably the final nail on this character, at least in the terms of his 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 depiction of him. And I think that that's a great opportunity that he's certainly taking advantage of. In every episode, I find him to be the most interesting. And we're now yeah. in a place where we're dealing with a man who's he's buried pieces of himself in his past because of his failings as a mentor to Anakin Skywalker. And you're seeing that displayed so beautifully well by Ewan McGregor because he is such a tremendous actor. And that's the one thing that just keeps me interested every time I do turn on an episode. More than anything, it really is him for the most part. But I do find myself not being blown away by this series as I thought that I might have been. Those trailers Mm -hmm. looked incredible. I was like, oh, my God, super excited. You hear Duel of the Fates, you know, that John Williams score kicks in and he's back on this series doing the score. It just gets you excited to think about the possibilities of what could happen. And so far, um, I just not, I've not been blown away, at least not yet. There, there's obviously mm-hmm. still time. We're only halfway through. So things could change. But I think so far, the story has been a lot more simple than I thought it would be. And being simple isn't necessarily a bad thing. I like simplicity. But I think I anticipated more moving pieces and components to the story to make mm. it feel a little bit better bigger and this is supposed to be an intimate character study like this is very it's called obi-wan kenobi so that's that's who's it's about and i think ewan mcgregor is the only one that technically gets billed on the show totally get that but i think that um now with the anakin skywalker piece of it i i i suppose i was suspecting a little bit more to be happening from the galactic empire element of things and there's been a little bit of stuff but i was anticipating a little bit more um but 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 even beyond that stuff i i, I kind of find that the show lacks a certain energy that I was expecting. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it has as much narrative thrust as I would expect. Like the feeling of of the story really propelling forward every time we 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 catch up with the character or we see a certain scene. There's a lot of time that just kind of meanders about where nothing's really, really happening. Like mm. there's stuff going down, but again, not to the degree in which I thought it would be. I just thought that there would be a lot more momentum. And it makes me think about like the movies versus this series. When you yeah. watch Star Wars, which is a two-hour movie, you're in and you're out. So much happens within that two hours. And now we're three hours in and it, you know, outside of what happened in episode three, it doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like all that much has happened for me. Um, and we only have six episodes. We only have a limited series. This exactly. is not expected to come out. So it just makes mm-hmm. you wonder, well, okay, when is it going to feel like it might really pick up? And and maybe we are at that place based off of the end of episode three. We have to kind of see what episode four and five looks like and how that mm-hmm. how the how the events of episode three might carry over into that. I have other specific things that I do have problems with that I can't talk about until we do talk about spoilers. But, um, you know, overall, it's fine. I do like it better than the book of Boba Fett. I agree with you on that on that respect. Um, it, it just it just kind of feels a little bit more simple a little bit more small and a little bit more 
lacking of energy than than I would have hoped. That's kind of my big thing about it. So there's some limitations there that obviously exist again that I'll allude to and, and circle back to later. But overall, it's fine. There's there's obviously some really good stuff so far. Hayden Christensen doing a really really good job with the little bit that we've seen him in. As I say, Ewan McGregor really like him, and uh, yeah, it's interesting to just see them filling these gaps, but. With all of that said, let's go ahead and throw the gloves off. Let's get into it and talk about spoilers and get to the specifics of this series. So if you've not caught up with Obi-Wan parts one, two, or three, this is your time. Duck out, go watch it. Come back and listen to this later because we're going to spoil all the details. So we got to start with part one, obviously. But before we get to the actual events of the episode, I want to just quickly talk about that previously on, which quickly recapped all the events from the prequel trilogy, episodes one, two, Mm -hmm. and three. And I got to say, and maybe I'm wrong in thinking about this, I don't know. I mean, those... Revenge of the Sith, I agree with you, is like, that's one of my favorite Star Wars movies to this day. And I I always felt that way. But damn, that previously on montage made those movies seem so much better than they actually are. No, absolutely. Mostly (laughs) Phantom Menace and and Attack of the Clones. But Mm -hmm. when you look at it in that way, in just a quick, like, three or four minute montage of all the major events without the without the stuff in the in, in between the the the, mm-hmm. the 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 weird senate meetings and stuff about taxation yep. and george yep. r binks is nowhere to be found like you just get rid of all that <laughs> stuff and focus on the important story beats i was like damn this might be like one of the best previously ons i've ever seen <laughs> and it's it's cheating yeah. though right because it's movies that they're that they're mm-hmm. recapping which is kind of silly because this is like a show that should stand on its own but it doesn't because it comes mm-hmm. after three movies, but I just found it interesting, like how well they cut that together. It was really, I think it was really enticing and, and grabbed you the first moment that you that you probably turned on the episode to watch it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny because I feel like there should be like a, a fan cut of episode one and two. I think three is fine. Three does what it needs to do, but episode one and two, man, it's just so much. The, the thing that we've been arguing, especially with the the Moses stuff kind of going on, is that Star Wars has inherently always been political. Yes, but. There are interesting politics <laughs> and there are not interesting politics. And specifically episode one contains some of those non-interesting politics. You're like, okay, do we have to watch this, you know, part of episode one? And you you cut that stuff out and you enjoy episode one more. It just is what it is. You you can literally do pod race and Darth Maul stuff, and I'm having a good time <laughs> in episode it. one. Like that's and I and yeah, and, and, and I'm good. And so uh I, that's why it's funny that you say that. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why it works. It's like previously on. All the good stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then we're here right. at Obi-Wan. And so it, it, it makes total sense to me, man. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was funny. I can't believe they did that with movies. Like you said, that's really surprising. I remember they did that with like Escape Room we were talking about. Oh like my Escape gosh. Room 2. Yeah. They recapped the first movie, which is the weirdest shit I've that ever was seen. so odd. And it, and it doesn't... I don't. It's still weird. Yeah, but it, I think it works here because this is actually a TV show that is all coming off the backs of, like you said, three movies... And a TV show like Clone Wars is huge. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big piece of narrative needed going into Obi Wan kind of, um, and so I, I think it makes sense here. I'm still tight about Escape Room. I rewatched the damn movie the night before we saw the sequel, only for them to do it themselves <laughs> the within the movie. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who does that? You just wasted like I could have had the hour and a half to do something else, but uh, be that as it may, yeah, I agree. This was this was actually a really really good piece of 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 of, of way to catch up the audience, you know, if it, especially. There's probably a lot of people who don't want to rewatch those prequel movies. Like you said, they don't want to That's rewatch true. The Phantom Menace to see all the weird, mm-hmm. wacky stuff that goes on. So to just like get those small tidbits of the most important stuff was was, was a nice touch. Um, we get this Order 66 flashback, which was also like a, a really, I think, impactful way to kick off this entire series. Yeah. Because 
Order 66, we did see happen in Episode 3. We see General or Emperor Palpatine, I should say, you know, sort of kick that off. But we didn't get to spend too much time on the ramifications of what it meant because we had to get back to the conflict between Anakin and Obi-Wan in that movie. But here we actually get a scene seeing a Jedi who's training younglings and they actually are attacked by the stormtroopers as Order 66 is happening all across the galaxy. So many Jedi are getting basically massacred and, and eliminated and wiped off the face of the earth. This is, you know, one of the most significant events in the history of Star Wars anything. There's like before Order 66 and after. And we get this moment just for a couple of minutes to see how that impacted everybody in the galaxy, especially these younglings. And we see the younglings, you know, sort of figuring out what to do as all of this chaos is going on around them and they're running away. But I thought that that was just like a really, really strong way to like, again, reintroduce us to what was happening at that particular time and how impactful it was to the larger widespread Star Wars universe, because this is something that certainly affected the Jedi. But there there's there's bigger implications, obviously, because the 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 the, um, the Empire ends up taking over the entire galaxy and, and they rule with an iron fist for the better part of 30 some odd years until the events of a new hope. But that part of it really, really kind of stood out to me. I didn't expect to see it. And I was just like, yeah, this this was a nice a really nice way, again, to sort of reorient us into the time that they're living in which is a wartime it's not peacetime mm-hmm. this is very much a big big conflict that spread across the galaxy i mean it's one of the most important events in all of star wars um it, it's what makes a lot of things what they are man the carrying out of order 66 has literally branched comic books and literally freaking cal kestis from uh, jedi fallen order it, it just a lot comes from this moment and so it's like okay a lot of times in my mind, the timeline is where does everything, where's everything positioned according to Order 66? <laughs> like, that's kind of how it happens in my head. And I'm actually very glad um, it starts off like this, not only because of the story, but also this is one, it's one of the darkest things about the entire universe. It's like, you, you, you know, it's like, how can we not address this in, in its effect on the world, though, too? Like, people that, it's like not only may Obi-Wan be one of the last Jedi, but the people who aren't Jedi in this universe used to have people to look towards in Jedi. And so it, it's it's good because when you do see the people in the village, there's a reason they don't have any hope because, because a new hope hasn't happened. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, like, I, I, I love that they started it like that, man. Again, super dark moments. But I also like the um, the inclusion of the of the younglings escaping. It's like, oh. There might be some Jedi out there, even though I, I feel like at one point Yoda was like, "You would be the last Jedi around." But you know, they put some more, <laughs> they put some more Jedi into the world, and I'm okay with that. Specifically, what what we're trying to do here, man, we could always use more Jedi. Yeah, certainly. I feel like every few years we we get another Jedi added to the people that actually survive all the time. Like with mm-hmm. the game that came out, you know, and and, and now like Benny Safdie <laughs> shows up and he's a Jedi all of a sudden. It's kind of it's interesting that like, we're just what? like cherry picking and adding people here and there uh but yeah great way to start off the episode then we pick up 10 years after the events of all of this stuff after the events of revenge of the sith so quite a big time jump and that would put us kind of smack dab in the middle of the time between revenge of the sith and the new hope so we're kind of halfway at this point still wondering how obi-wan ages up to alex mcginnis in in the span of nine years because something traumatic has to happen in order for him to look that way but maybe it does you know and, and it's just interesting how that all works out but we're, we're introduced to the inquisitors which we knew was going to be a big part of the show um for folks that don't know the inquisitors you know are definitely a, an organization that work on behalf of the galactic empire um which you know is ruled by the sith but these inquisitors are tasked with hunting down the remaining jedi across mm-hmm. the galaxy and we're introduced to to new inquisitors here um in 
particular Reva, played by Moses Ingram and fifth brother. She's called third sister. So they have these these really interesting names. They're searching after the remaining Jedi. This is when we're introduced to Benny Safdie, um, who I did not know was going to be in the show, but he's one of the surviving Jedi. I think his name is Nari. Um, and it, it just sort of places us in the context of what's happening within the galaxy right now. And they're on Tatooine. And there's this huge hunt, but Reva in particular has a gripe and a grudge against Obi-Wan. She wants to find him specifically, and she's very much, she she has a bit of a bloodlust to find this guy in particular. And the rest of her colleagues, I guess, are like, you know, why are you so bit up about this guy? He's gone. He doesn't exist anymore. That's, 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 that's useless to, to search after this guy. But we find out that there's other motivations as to why. But um, overall, you know, what do you think about the Inquisitors and the inclusion of them in the show thus far? And I should just, you know, sort of caveat and say we will be talking about the Moses Ingram stuff after we get through the episodes and we will cover Mm -hmm. that. But just in general, in terms of like how they actually play out in the series so far, what do you think about the Inquisitors and their inclusion here? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out later on down the line that there was an Inquisitor show on the table or like something. Okay, yeah. Kind of thereof, because sometimes when watching it, the things that Reva is kind of going through, I'm like, dang, they're spending a lot of time on this. And I feel like. I don't know. I just I just feel like sometimes we're splitting our time between two storylines because sometimes it doesn't just feel like Obi-Wan. It feels like Obi-Wan and Reva and, and just understanding um, the things that Reva has to go through as this Inquisitor who's not completely understood um, as the third sister, you know, when she's. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like another show within a show sometimes. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder maybe that was on the line. And then they just added it to Obi-Wan as a as a a, a a villain, I guess, motivation, again, to, to Obi-Wan. Um, but I, I like the look of them, as always. I think Inquisitors have always been kind of cool, um, just because Sin the General have always been kind of cool. Um, Fifth Brother is pretty tight, man. He's just, like, so evil <laughs> kind of yeah. looking. That design is nuts, know. actually. The design is crazy with the hat. He Another Mortal Kombat-looking character, <laughs> low-key, but he's, yeah. like, in Star Wars. I love it. It looks really good. Um, but, man, I, I I love Reva, man. It's a freaking black woman with a lightsaber. Like, I, I don't really, I don't have any complaints. <laughs> I think, I think she's doing pretty good work here. Um, and I think, uh, I think their Grand Inquisitor, one thing about him is going from, like, Rebels to seeing this guy. He mm. looks, like, chunkier. Yeah. He kind of threw me off yeah, a little definitely. bit when I first seen him because he's, like, purposely smaller, I think in um in rebels and then yeah i don't know his face just looks a little chunky here it, it, it just threw me off just a little bit but I, I i still love the things i think they're doing with the inquisitors here i wish they gave like i know things about the inquisitors that i know they're not they're not telling people in this show like part of me wishes they told people more because a lot of people don't know like the grand inquisitor used to be a jedi you know what i'm saying right. like yeah I I need th- they need to tell more people like a little bit of the origins of them why they're called third third sister and fifth brother and like we we part of us we shouldn't have to explain that like the show should have maybe done a little something sure. to tell people that and I think they're they are harping on people who did see Clone Wars and Rebels to kind of tie that together or people who are a little bit deeper in order to tell people that um, but uh, other than that man I, I think they do serve as uh, a a decent. Uh, lifeline of villainy i do um in, in the show no again no super complaints except the the, the merging again of of kind of storylines here that's the only thing i'm, I'm not still 100 percent sold on or why they're deciding to spend so much time on that um but i think the things that reva has up her sleeve in, in terms of story 
<laughs> I think that will come into play in these last three episodes. Again, there's still things we do know now, but still things we don't know. And I think a lot of that rears ugly head um, eventually, especially again, she it seems like she has more to her as a character, right? Part of part of her feels like she may may have good in her. I don't know. We just know she she's force sensitive and she came from the slums and they let her know she comes from the slums. Yeah. And usually when you are harping on somebody coming from the slums, they uh they gonna turn on you because you won't <laughs> you won't let it go. And so we'll see what happens with her, man. But again, I don't uh, not too much to say about him right now. But I'm 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 rocking with him. Is it is it not like painfully obvious that she was probably one of those younglings in the flashback? Like she she right. had to be like one of those girls that was that was you know training and mm-hmm. saw you know sort of her master her Jedi teacher. Yeah, and I think that they you know they picked her up and found her you know because it was mm-hmm. happening right alongside the events of Revenge of the Sith. I think it's nice to include a flashback like that just to like provide context, but you want to also make it connect to the show narratively. Otherwise, like why really have it? And I just suspect that. Reva had to be mm-hmm. one of those younglings and they yeah. found her like you mentioned and then they you know they all of a sudden groomed her to become a to become an inquisitor but I I, I like having you know these 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 sort of arms of the the galactic empire be expanded upon within media and Star Wars it's always just cool one of the benefits of Star Wars it's always cool to just see like how widespread this stuff can be like how far reaching the galactic empire truly was at its height and we're, we're living in the height of the Galactic Empire and Palpatine and Darth Vader, they wielded the, the the power of the universe with an iron fist, and there was true fear installed. And I think that seeing this opening scene with them as they're on Tatooine, searching for remaining Jedi, and then they come across Nari, seeing that fear that's instilled in different communities and different planets across the galaxy, that stuff always just it's always going to work, right? Because you don't necessarily always need the biggest bad guy. You, all, you don't always need to revert mm-hmm. back to Vader or to exactly. Palpatine. You can have these foot soldiers and these different layers and levels of mm-hmm. this hugely corrupt organization working. And, and people, they buy into that that propaganda that's being sold to them. So I think stuff like that that helps build that world and build out that idea of like an empire that ruled over yeah. the galaxy. Is, is, it's really good stuff for sure. Um, then we catch up with Obi-Wan. We see exactly what's going on with him. My man is working at like a... Like a like a meat factory, basically. It's like a makeshift <laughs> meat factory. That's what he's doing. He's completely put his past behind him. And we know at the end of episode three, Yoda tells him, Master Yoda tells him, like, you have to go in hiding. I'm going to go in hiding. But I'm also going to teach you how to connect with your old master, Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. And we see he's unsuccessful so far. He's not able to do that. And he's just working, living a very simple life. But all of a sudden, he's pulled out of the trenches because of Nari, because of that surviving Jedi who knows that Obi-Wan is still around. He ends up finding him. He's like, you know, we have to figure out what to do. We have to do something about this. You don't know what I've been through. That ultimately results in Nari basically getting hung publicly in front of everybody. They make an example out of him. And Obi-Wan is still, you know, sort of protecting his his identity. And he's changed his name to Ben Kenobi. And we know that now that that's, you know, that's sort of canonical and how he how he adopted that name by a new hope. Um, And he's also going back and forth with with Owen, the uncle of Luke Skywalker, because while Obi-Wan is living the simple life, he does take some time to just check in on mm-hmm. Luke to make sure he's cool, make sure everything is okay. Him and Owen don't even see eye to eye anymore because Owen's like, you know, you're not going to raise this guy because you've already tried to do that and look how it went. Now the fucking galaxy is in the possession of people <laughs> with nothing but hate in their heart, you know? And so you're not going to go ahead and train Luke Skywalker. We don't need that. I'm looking after him. It's all good. Obi-Wan still wants to be involved, but um, I find it interesting just to see like, how how far removed he is from his former self and how mm-hmm. how 
deeply tucked away that that aspect of him is and, and one of my favorite scenes from episode one is that that dream sequence when he's like sleeping and you just see like all these memories that haunt him of his failings and everything that went wrong in that original trilogy and how Anakin eventually you know succumbed to the dark side I thought that that stuff was really really well done because it at least paints that picture that yeah this stuff didn't just like happen and then Obi-Wan was like cool and just like tucked off away dealing with Ewoks like no he's like having cold sweats every night over this he's having nightmares about this <laughs> stuff like that man is yeah. he's kind of fucked up about it and I, th- I think having those small moments here and there was really helpful to, to help paint that picture one of the most interesting things about this entire thing is the parallels between him and the luke we get in the latest trilogy and uh part of me wishes like luke could watch this show <laughs> like before everything happened to him because in a lot of ways they're doing a lot of the same things they're kind of locking themselves away blocking themselves off from the forest they're kind of in just some kind of hiding from something um and and i think obi-wan has he the trauma is crazy like it's (laughs) like it's like trauma trauma like he's like it's not even just like he's being hunted it's like I have failed. I have like it. It's really bad, and it's really deep down too. Like, how else would you not be able to talk to? I feel like any other time he'd be able to talk to Qui Gon, but like because of again this this trauma that's hindering him from from accessing the Force in the ways that he used to, he just can't get it done, man. He he doesn't even he doesn't even see the point when 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 uh, Nari comes and finds him. Yeah, uh, like Nari is like, dude. Do you hear what I'm saying? The other Obi-Wan would have been like, well, let's go get this shit then. This Obi-Wan is like, bro, that's not even my name. Like, I, and I've never, I, I don't know. Just, just I, It's hard to see a Jedi like like this. Like, I, that's not my name, bro. I'm big. <laughs> like, I don't know. You you came checking for the wrong one. So um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think I do love how much of a dark place they did put Obi-Wan in here. Um, but again, I wish I wish Luke had like seen this part, this side of Obi Wan. Sure. When because maybe Luke might have never ended up the way he ended up um, because he might have seen this exact same journey from Obi Wan. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's all it's all again, you know, adding up the stuff between like the movies and the and the trilogies. Like seeing where where did these changes take place? Like how did he become that man that we saw in A New Hope versus who he was at Revenge of the Sith? Long time period there, and they're trying to fill in those gaps. And I just wonder sometimes like. Does it really make sense? Because as you said, you don't really see the side of him by the time A New Hope happens. But mm-hmm. ideally, the series is going to answer that. Like, okay, well, maybe by the end of it, I, I, I assume, like, we ha- there's no way they're not going to bring in Liam Neeson at this point, right? Like, he has to show up yeah. as Qui-Gon. You cannot... He has to. You cannot has tease to. this man. They, I, and and I, had to, I had the thought when, when during that previously on, they actually replayed the moment of Master Yoda telling him, like, I'm going to teach you how to connect with him. And I'm like, oh, well, mm-hmm. if you're going to actually, like, point to it, then he has <laughs> yeah. to be back here. And we know he already he already came back in a very small capacity. He provided his voice at the end of The Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker um, right. during that moment that happened at the, at the end of that movie. But I think that that's going to be kind of that seminal moment for Obi-Wan to bounce back after what he's already been through based off of what happened in part three, but then also hopefully do something to overcome this and and lead us on a path. But I'm also just like wondering, well, how does this series end? Because his story ends in A New Hope. We see him get struck right. down by Vader and become a Force mm-hmm. ghost. He basically dies. So what what's the ending to this? Because it technically exactly. doesn't end for Obi-Wan or for Ben Kenobi. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Uh, one of the big surprises in this show that I did not see coming 
was the inclusion of a young Leia. I don't know. Yes. I don't know if that was ever teased out. They kept that under wraps. This was a big, big yeah. secret. We know if they want to keep secrets, they certainly can. And they did that with the Baby Yoda stuff and the Mandalorian. Nobody mm, had true. any clue that that was going to be a thing. So this was something that was first revealed as we're watching it. And we catch up with Leia and Bail Organa, you know, her adoptive father played by Jimmy Smits. I'm um, coming back here. And we see that this young Leia, she's already sort of intertwined with this royal world. You know, they're, they're grooming her to become a, a future senator, a future leader of the galaxy. Um, and this has become a big, big part of the show because by the end of it, she gets kidnapped. And that's all a plan concocted by Reva to lure out Obi-Wan because she knows, well, if Leia gets kidnapped, who's the, you know, adoptive daughter of Bail Organa, who is close with Obi-Wan, then there's no way he's not going to do something about it. There's no way that Obi-Wan mm-hmm. won't at least make an attempt to come out and, and try to save this girl. So smart plan. And um, I, I have to say that the Leia stuff, though, it was a surprise for me. So far, I feel a little weird about it because, like, it it's become a common thing that in the series, at least, mostly with The Mandalorian, like, we have our main hero that has to take care of a child already. Mm-hmm. Like, we have The Mandalorian taking care of baby Grogu mm-hmm. and looking after him and all those antics and shenanigans like baby Grogu, Grogu like constantly fucking up stuff. And then like Mandalorian <laughs> has to put it back together and figure it out. Leia's not yeah. quite doing that. It's more of a trust thing between her and Obi-Wan that we're seeing so far. Um, mm-hmm. But I, don't, I, you know, honestly, I don't know if it's working for me. This is one of the things about the series that doesn't feel like something I needed or wanted. I mean, young Leia's cool, but then I'm also just kind of confused because like Kathleen Kennedy talked about like oh well you know we figured out that we can't really cast younger actors to play these iconic characters because people don't want that well why would you cast a young (laughs) Leia if that's the case like why are we doing that like it's just a it's an exception when it's a child maybe I guess we can we can let it pass I don't know what the what the rule is be that as it may I'm going on a tangent the actual stuff that we see in the series with her and how much time they spend on her character Mm -hmm. as you said like the story is split amongst like the inquisitors and obi-wan and then her stuff on um on on um i forget the name of the planet that they're that they're on that she's like a part of but anyway like the time that we spend split amongst those different stories i i now find myself like oh well let's get back to the obi-wan stuff that's more interesting the leia stuff not really working for me and i get i get why she's there as like a narrative device to get him back in the in the game but Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those aspects that just doesn't it it, it hasn't hooked me is at least as much as i thought it would when i first saw her pop up on screen alderaan is the plan alderaan how do i forget about that tatooine alderaan those are like the big ones so um man i i don't know how i feel about it yet either but i have I have been, I think, a little bit more on the positive side because this young actress, I just think she's really good. <laughs> uh, what, Vivian Lyra Blair, I think is her name. And she just brings a little bit of light, I think, to the TV show. And the only reason I think I understand her existence in the show is because I can't imagine a, a show with Obi-Wan and Vader where their kids are in the universe and you just don't address them at all. So I think that's why they, they took this big... <laughs> leap to get to get her i don't know to get her here and i think she's doing decent work because i think she's doing work that carrie fisher actually did like her character you can tell was just a legit a young leia like some of the things she's crazy smart she's also super observant it's like yes this is this is some of the work that carrie fisher literally did it's like somebody coached her and was like you need to be like this (laughs) and she said okay and then she did it so i think she's doing good um i agree though i'm not completely sold because of the uh uh again the entire aspect of we're we're taking 
care of a child again, um, you, you know, or taking care care of a kid again across the galaxy. And she's going to occasionally get me in trouble. Like they literally went through a whole chase because the girl didn't believe he was a Jedi. I'm mm-hmm. like, dang, what I what I will say, I do love the layers of this, though. The layers of this are my favorite in terms of I love how Obi-Wan's not telling her that <laughs> she not only did he know your mother very closely, he literally trained your father in quite literally the most powerful and darkest nigga in the universe. But like, <laughs> I, but I, I, I love that aspect of it, though. It's like. I don't know if white lies is the word, but it's like a secrets for a reason it's like a reason i'm not telling you this young lady shielding her from a very horrific truth exactly and i love the way that looms across their relationship because that it's like you said their relationship is about trust but that's a hard thing to tell somebody who's 10 years old bobby when i first seen her i said no way this girl's 10 um that's all i was like i said there's no way um but yeah man i i I like that part of it so I'm, i'm still a little bit bittersweet right now about how I feel about it again, because I love that dynamic, but I'm also with you. I'm like, did they have to use her to be? I feel like they could have included her. They still had her get kidnapped and stuff, but sure. I don't know. Make make her less of a liability. I think could have been possible too, and still get to the places that we wanted to go. I think could have been possible. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I sit with it. Yeah, I like that thought. Be it becomes a little bit less. It's hard to not get annoyed at somebody for just like. Damn, can you just act right? Like, they, I, you know, I mean, we experienced that with fucking Baby Yoda when he would do like just and yes, obviously, like he's different. He comes from a different species and he's young, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh my god, like again, now we have to like clean this mess up again, and we have to go through forty five minutes of watching that. It does become <laughs> a little bit bogged down in those details when you want to focus on that Obi Wan and Anakin stuff so much. You want to see that mm-hmm. really blossom and be fruitful in the show, and it's only so much time. I think that a lot of that, that a lot of that fear, that sort of like fear that i have internally about the series being good like i want it to be great you know and so when i see stuff that just like goes on a tangent i'm like come on can we can we get back to what we what we're here (laughs) for like that you know so Mm -hmm. stuff like that but i think that there's room for improvement you kind of swayed me on on the thoughts about her and like why she might be there it's it's serving a bigger bigger purpose so i'm hoping that that we can continue to like really you know sort of tap into that um talk about part two which is really a chase episode the entire time Mm -hmm. like you said like she She's having Obi-Wan chase her and Reva's chasing Obi-Wan. It's really a chase episode. Um, we also get introduced to Kamel Nanjiani's character. His name is Haja. He's basically faking as a Jedi in the galaxy. He's just being a fraud, <laughs> saying that he has force powers when he doesn't, taking people's money. That's kind of funny. I like that. But, um, you know, this is really about Reva's bounty that she places on Obi-Wan and really trying to capture him. And we find out a lot more about her character because we see that she's really in it for the glory at least that's what we think so far she she wants the glory she wants that title of grand inquisitor because one the people that she works with don't really fuck with her and she doesn't fuck with them and she's always at odds with them and she knows that if she delivers obi-wan to darth vader to anakin skywalker that's gonna that's gonna be the best thing for her and that's gonna mean that's gonna mean a lot and we see her really taking more strides and more steps to making that a real thing and she places that bounty on him on that planet that they're on it actually it kind of lures him out into the light and she's able to kind of corner him you know and reveal the most important information that it looks like he did not know in the fact that anakin skywalker is indeed alive and you know i'm actually going to start at the end of the episode here you know to at the top because it's really kind of the most important part but seeing his reaction to that news him not knowing all these years mm-hmm. that anakin is indeed alive because the way that he left him on mustafar he assumed that he was dead. He assumed that it was all over at that point, that his 
his mentee was just done and finished. But we know that, you know, Emperor Palpatine was able to revive him and take the the remaining parts of Anakin Skywalker, built that Darth Vader suit, that iconic, beautiful suit. And he's been ruling and terrorizing the galaxy for 10, for 10 years at this point. Um, and Obi-Wan, and, and well, more so specifically, Ewan McGregor's performance in that moment, just the facial reaction to that stuff was extraordinary. I thought it was beautiful how he did that. And it really gave me chills because I'm like, oh, shit, this is the moment that he realizes and he has to he has to reckon with that. Like, oh, man, this is this is horrific because who knows the amount of anger and vengeance that he has in his heart. And Obi-Wan knows because he was responsible mm-hmm. for damn near killing him. And I think that all came across in, in Ewan McGregor's performance in that moment. Yeah, we'll talk about, you know, the moment more in, in part three, but it's what makes Anakin a boogeyman. Like, it's like, who's alive? <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. I can just imagine learning somebody you thought was dead is alive after a decade. It hasn't been like a couple months, two years, five years, a decade. That is a long time. Like, I don't think people understand that. Le- literally, Le- Leia being born <laughs> to what she looks like now. <laughs> To find out that her father is alive. It has got to be like a different kind of what the hell is going on here. Um, and so I can, yeah, I can, I can really only, you know, just imagine how, how Obi-Wan feels in that moment. But you also have to, you also have to realize that it's like super bittersweet for him though too, right? You're like, one, he's my mentee. I still probably love him very much. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I still wish the best for him. And then the other side is like, we lost that nigga to mm-hmm. the dark side a yeah. long time ago, and he's alive. What could he possibly be doing now? Like, uh, I think that's another thing. Like, I'm, I'm sure Obi Wan was like, but what does that even mean? Also, like, what are the real? Yeah, what what does that look like? Anakin being alive, and then you know, again, we find out later, <laughs> you know, how he how he finds out what the hell Anakin has going on. But just in that moment, man, you just got to be like. You got to feel bad for Obi-Wan a little bit because none of the none of that is like really his fault. But he's going to blame himself regardless as his mentor, as the, the person who was training him, as his master. And so it's some it's some crazy stuff there, man. <laughs> it's also fucked up because, you know, if he knew that before going to that planet to go get back Leia, that nigga would not have left Tatooine. He'd be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Actually, no, nah, Bill O'Grana, you have yeah, to call I'm somebody good. else. I'm not. <laughs> I am not doing it. I'm staying in hiding. He cannot find me because he he knows it's his hat. His ass is like going to be on the line because Anakin mm-hmm. has to have just so much content built up towards him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that that was just like beautifully acted. But then also, you know, again, to go back to the, the Reva of it all, you know, I think that um, learning about her real motivations here. And seeing even more of that in part three was was enlightening because I think with Moses Ingram, again, strictly talking about the performance before we get to the other stuff later, mm-hmm. her performance in the first episode felt a little one note to me. It didn't quite land at all points. Right. Like it was okay. It wasn't terrible by mm-hmm. any means. But I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as threatening as I would want it to feel. Like she cut off right. that that innocent bystander's hand, and that was that was savage. But I think in terms of her line delivery and the way that she was interacting with the other inquisitors, I was like, oh, I just wanted a little mm-hmm. bit more. But in this episode, I feel like it all was able to come to light 
in in a really good way because she just flat out had more to do. You know, I think she had more to do. Yeah. She was much more aggressive. We saw that 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 real you know sort of lust behind her eyes in order to capture Obi Wan and to really seek him out and to draw him out into the light to to, to deliver him ultimately to Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just liked what she did here, really being you know that sort of oppressive force to Obi Wan. Like she's that only line of defense in between him and Vader. But if she gets mm. you, it's a wrap. You know, it's it's going to be over, and you're going to have to confront the biggest, darkest thing that you have that that looms over you from your past. But I, I liked what Moses Ingram did in this episode more than the first one because I think that she just had a little bit more energy and a little bit more mm-hmm. ferociousness to to the character that she that, that 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 you would want out of somebody playing this type of role. You know, she's she's just as she's just as hungry to get him damn near as probably Vader is because she can reap rewards too. So I think mm-hmm. that that came out in a good way in this episode. Yeah, I think what what make what could have made even her her intro a little bit better is just every time they try to introduce somebody of the Sith or any just somebody threatening, they they just give them a moment of starting out, right? When we first meet Kylo Ren, the nigga stops a bolt mid-air. <laughs> and it it just sits there, bro. Like it just sits there. It was a badass moment, bro. Everyone's like, what the hell is that? (laughs) And they didn't really give Reva that moment, I think, initially. Like you said, she cut off like a hand. But like they could have did something. I don't know. Just find something else to introduce her with. And I think that would have helped her specifically in that first episode. Her feel a little bit more looming and a little little bit more threatening. Um, And so I agree that second episode, because of the chase, she did feel a little bit more aggressive. I love all the the connections that she has that like the rest of the inquisitors was like oh she did what now <laughs> You're right. oh she did like it, it feels like i think because they did find her on the streets she is also more connected to the streets and i love that they're utilizing that part of her character um for her to get to obi-wan i i, I thought that was good writing on their part um assuming that's what it is sure. I, I, i'm not sure even how long she was in the streets but them saying she came from the slums, I'm like, well, she might know some stuff that y'all inquisitors might not know. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking is happening in that second episode where she's like, well, just put a freaking bounty on their heads. Fish them out. <laughs> I don't even know if the other inquisitors would have thought of that. And, and so, I, uh, yeah, man, part part two was definitely a little bit better for her in terms of uh, uh, the energy that she was allowed, I think, to bring to the table. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we also see her like commit you know a, a bit more of a surprising act at the end of the episode when she does eventually locate obi-wan she presumably kills the grand inquisitor but i i have to ask you because i have not watched rebels and i know that he's like a big part of that is he actually dead at this point because I, I know that these timelines are you know coming up against each other they're very close in the timeline but i've been reading mm-hmm. and seeing like oh well you know if you know about the grand inquisitor inquisitor really then he's not actually gone she just you know she thought she killed him, but in, in actuality, he's not actually going to be off the table at this point. Yeah, I think that's their way of sidelining him for the series. Like, he probably just hurt somewhere, yeah. not necessarily gone or dead, because um, he has to exist in Rebels. Like, that's, that's another continuity thing that they did where I know everybody was like, mm, I don't know what this really is exactly. Sure. When you first see it, you're like, that cannot be right. But then again, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, they're probably just sidelining him a little bit. Because because you're introducing the Inquisitors um, in live action, what, probably for the first time, I think you have to, un- people need to understand what the Grand Inquisitor exists. So you have to show him on screen. I think that's the point of him showing up at all. And now they were like, okay, how do we sideline him? That way, uh, third sister and fifth brother can do their thing sure. um, as, as a unit. Because he really is, 
I mean, he's a great inquisitor, so he's a different beast, right? You can't just have him out here. And so I think they, they that's why they did that. Yeah, established a hierarchy, but that's not the focus of this show. Like, mm-hmm. that that comes exactly. later. Reva, Third Sister's really the focus here. Um, and I'll just, like, lastly say before we move on to part three, I think I, I did like also the inclusion of, like, a, a newer planet that we haven't really been to before, Dayu. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm, I'm tired of with Star Wars, like, I'm sick of Tatooine. Like, I get that we had to be there. Yeah. I get it because mm-hmm. that's where Obi-Wan was and Luke's there. But, damn, I mean... Ooh, this is supposed to be a galaxy that's far reaching. There's 20 million sentient species, as as the Star Wars social media accounts told us. So it's like, oh, well, how about we get to some of those other planets and see what they look like? So it was a nice change of pace to get to a different environment in this episode. I thought that was cool. But let's talk about part three, because, boy, it went down. And we finally get Anakin Skywalker, Vader, back in full form in this episode. It opens up with him. We see him in the Bakta tank. We see the suit coming and coming and forming around him and him putting it on and going about his daily duties i guess he's you know he has a sanctuary his palace on mustafar and he's sitting in his huge mega throne room um with literally nothing else in there i'm like well what are you doing there you just sit on the throne and just kind of like watch things and wait for people to come see you but uh we 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 finally hear that iconic voice from james earl jones to come back into this which i I just love the fact that they continue to utilize his voice there's probably some technological advancements that that are able to help that out. I I, I don't know if James mm-hmm. Earl Jones is rolling out of bed at this point, ninety one years old, to deliver these lines. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But I think that they might be also utilizing some uh, some technological advancements to, to to help bring that to life. All good by me because it sounds amazing. And and you know Darth Vader really. I mean he's the greatest cinematic villain of all time, right? Like he never gets old. There, yeah. there there's there's something about Vader. His mystique. It never really wavers, right? And I think that even seeing him now, after we've seen him for for so many different iterations, he's been in the video games, the animated series, the movies, obviously, and the comic books, there's just something about him that always has an allure and always draws you in. And it does Mm -hmm. not matter how many times he pops up as the villain in Star Wars. It's just like... That shit gives me chills still to this day. It, it, it just doesn't matter. And I think that seeing that suit and hearing that voice, it's the ultimate ace in the hole that Star Wars will always have that nobody else will ever have. And that's that's kind of what makes it everlasting, right? Because they have like the most mm-hmm. iconic villain that we've ever gotten. So um, just seeing that sort of original energy come back, that 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 swagger almost return from like the 80s movies. Because I think even in, yeah. in Rogue One, it was Vader, but it was... I mean, we had the big moment, yes, of him like fucking up all those, <laughs> all those people in the ship. But I think in just the dialogue moments, it didn't necessarily feel like the menacing Vader that I was used to. It was just like, oh, this kind of feels a little different. Mm-hmm. But now, like hearing him talk, I'm like, oh yeah, this this feels like Empire Strike Back version of like Vader. And yes. you hear him talking to to Reva, and he's you know praising her but threatening her at the same time. Fail me, and you will not live to regret it. Like he's very much instilling a lot of fear in her and i just love again hearing that voice and seeing that suit and really really being steeped back into just like the 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 allure of having like just Mm -hmm. such an iconic villain here yeah man it is um it's always moments with vader like you said you can't recreate man people have tried to come up with (laughs) vader-esque villains all the time it's just something about vader man that you you can't shake he's just one of the greatest and it is what it is and so when you when you see him back doing the things that you remember him doing when you're younger giving you that feeling that you got when you were younger when he enters a room or a space it just all things feel like they stop a little bit 
And so, you know, he's just so scary, man. He's such a scary, a scary figure. And so I love how they're able to recreate that. But given what it looks like in today, like uh, I, I can imagine, I don't know, because cameras look better, you know what I mean? Like they could mess some stuff up. But Vader, I feel like they've always handled with care because they have to. And so I, I, I just appreciate, you know, everything that they, they've been doing. Um, like you said, and anything that he pops up in, he did pop up in, spoiler alert, Fallen Order. That game, like, three years old now. But, you know, he he just, it's just really cool every time. You're like, is Vader here? I know it's always, like, a question in the back of my mind while watching pretty much any Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, is is Vader here? <laughs> and uh, that's what made the end of Rogue One such a treat because you're like, heck no, he's not going to be in this movie. And then the last freaking, like, Three minutes of the movie, he gives, they give you this cool ass Vader scene. You're like, yeah, bro, this dude is a beast. And so they continue to, to carry that over here. And to, like you said, the energy is back. And I love that that energy is back because really, Vader is Star Wars. He's the looming presence of the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, to, again, to, to get that energy back, it really is a treat. Again, specifically in 2022, <laughs> which is crazy to think about how long we've been sitting on this character. 45 years, man, and, and, and it still is not old. We still love seeing Vader pop up, and my man is doing everything from choking people out to handing out promotions. Like, how much more cool can a villain be? <laughs> because he's talking about promoting Reva the Grand Inquisitor, and then he goes to the damn planet that they're on, Mapuzo, and he's choking a oh, woman out and dragging her across the damn snapping concrete. Snapping necks, and bro. Snapping necks. It's like, yo, my guy is multifaceted because who does that like it's actually kind of crazy when you think about it and and it, it's even it's even better when when you know that vader technically still is not number one it's supposed to be palpatine mm, he rules yeah. everything he is the emperor but vader is the hand he's the physical presence exactly. palpatine doesn't mm. fucking roll out of bed i mean for god's sake we found out in rise of skywalk the palpatine was fucking and i'll never get over that in my mind <laughs> that he was out crazy. here making babies <laughs> but vader yeah. is the one out here really doing the work and instilling the fear and mm. looming large over the galaxy and we've seen him more obviously as you said so that just makes him cooler he looks better and he's mm. he's a i mean he was a jedi he used to be a jedi anakin skywalker was a jedi yeah. turned now sith lord so all of that stuff really adds to to the mystique of the character, but we, we got to talk about the fight, obviously, because this was the big centerpiece of the episode. Vader finally does find Obi-Wan on this planet, Mapuzo, and they have this, they have this physical confrontation, which I don't know if we expected it would happen this soon. We knew that there was going to be some sort of physical confrontation. I certainly mm -hmm. don't think that this is the last time they'll fight in the series. We know that they fight in a new hope, which is the most like rote and simple, lightsaber fight in the history of anything because it was <laughs> the first time they did it and i mean they just they swing yeah. in like three directions and then obi-wan's dead but we get a, a, an earlier fight here it looks like at least the first confrontation of them seeing each other for the first time in 10 years invader smokes him completely i mean he 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 literally drags him through fire he whoops his ass obi-wan is not prepared and he, he basically is getting dominated in all, in all respects because he's been away for 10 years he hasn't he, he probably hasn't really touched the lightsaber in 10 years. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's outmatched. Um, it's, 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 it's a little bit difficult to watch because of, you know, where he's at in this, in this series. But even with that said, you know, one of the things about this particular fight that felt a little off to me, and this is like one of my big criticisms so far, I don't know why this fight is taking place in like a back alleyway in the dark 
it just feels so <laughs> basic to me that this is like the stage mm-hmm. and the battleground for this first confrontation because even if inevitably they do fight again it's not going to be i don't think as impressive as the first time they come together and right. and when i think about mm-hmm. this i think about i think about like rocky 3 like when rocky 3 fought clubber mm-hmm. lang for the first time he got his ass fucking whooped he got obliterated and it was like big and epic yep. and you were like oh my god we didn't expect that or when you think about the dark knight rises and the first time the batman sees bane he gets mm, smoked yeah. but they're in this they're in this arena they're in this underwater yeah chamber mm. that bane and his men have built it, it feels big it feels huge it feels like a gladiator fight or even if you think about star wars and compare it to that like the fight that anakin and obi-wan had in revenge of the sith is amazing and it's on mustafar yeah. and the lava shooting up it just beautifully it, it looks so gorgeous on a, on a on that type of level it's beautiful and so we get here and they're in a, they're in an alley and and the only light that we have is like their 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 lightsaber light and it's just really basic to me and i i don't know why they did it that way i don't know why they staged it this mm-hmm. way because although the events of it and what happened was like oh shit like it's going down and vader's like whooping mm-hmm. ass right now and he's trying to kill him and burn him alive it just didn't feel it just didn't. It didn't feel epic to me. That's all. That's really all I can say. And I don't. You know, I don't know if it's a budget thing. I don't know if it's like some of the limitations that might exist with the volume. You know, which is that stagecraft technology they use to shoot a lot of these shows. It's very much kind of isolated, and, and I think it works better for just like walking and talking. I don't know how it works really for like big action set pieces, but it just kind of felt small, probably by design. But again, I just didn't expect that. I thought it was just going to be. I thought I thought it was going to look better. I thought it was going to feel more big and epic and mm-hmm. it didn't yeah that's interesting because i actually did not think of that at all like I, when i was watching that moment i think i was so fixated on other things i didn't even care really about the environment <laughs> so now i kind of want to go back and watch it and kind of kind of feel again what what that environment feels like but now thinking about it you're right it is like they're literally in like some gravel and like a freaking construction site or something um so that's that's, that's something definitely to 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 go back and visit um but one of one of my fears I, I there are things about this fight I actually like a lot like the dialogue now you will suffer obi-wan like i one of the things I, I do fear about this though is is does this take away their first encounter in episode four like is it mm, right. like Make because that less now possibly yeah because now we know that this happens does that is this I don't know. I feel like we're in a series now. Like we're literally at the NBA Finals, and like after this fight, it's one and one. I mean, <laughs> I got the high ground, Anakin. To now, you will suffer, Obi Wan, and he he says this is this is only the beginning of your pain or something like that. And I'm like, man, I love these lines, but part of me is like, I mean, we know we know Vader wins now. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm just trying to figure out does that take away from their meeting or does it add to their meeting? You know, because sure. when you when you first see that. You don't know what the hell's going on between them for real. Like when you, when you first see it in, in in the original trilogy or in the original movie, and so you're you're kind of thinking. Well, here I'm kind of thinking like, man, maybe it means more after the end of this show. Maybe there's so much more baggage and things that happen in between. Because um, even even seeing episode three adds to it to me at least a little bit. But now I don't know how much is too much to take away from it. And how much is enough to add to it? And so that's kind of what I was thinking after watching. It. I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. But man, I, I just thought, I, I still love the moment, bro. He, he, he pulls this nigga into the fire, like, 
I like that Who a lot. Was him? That was that was fucking vicious. I was I don't know why I'm so demented and what's wrong with me, but I was like, this shit is great. Do <laughs> it. Shit pull is him amazing. more. Pull him closer. <laughs> Fuck his arm. Oh, you will suffer, Obi Wan. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But it's also very clear that when you do see him in in, in in a New Hope, that he he's not hurt or his arm isn't burned or anything. So I'm trying to. I, I really wonder the timeline and which and what they're going to do in these next three episodes to maybe heal him or. What's what's going to happen next? Um, that's really interesting. But I I, I, I love the moment as it was happening. The music was going crazy. It is still John Williams. I mean, of course, the music is going to go crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, the only other thing I'll say about that moment was I remember. I forgot what it was. Is it a comic? Is it a game? There was something where I felt like because of the events that happened on Mustafar, that Vader is not is supposed to be afraid of fire. Mm. Oh, so, I do remember that. Yeah, there, there, there is something out. There. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember something coming across that somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. And so, I, in my mind, even though he he does activate the fire, which doesn't surprise me, I wish they did like I don't know, maybe like takes a step back or like he he hesitates. I don't know slightly. Yeah, you know? there's just something about the fire that he's not rocking with. Yeah, <laughs> like just real quick. I, I was just hoping they did something like that. But that was that was all my only other thought. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point because I I I, I too remember coming across that information on, on something. It might have been even fucking I don't know Wikipedia or something. But yeah, it could have yeah, been. Yeah. I have no idea. There was some good stuff though about that part. Like it's not all bad by any means, and the the, the line delivery is the strongest piece of it, which might have been the point again. By it might have been by mm-hmm. design that they're in this random isolated place and the only light that they have is the light of their lightsabers and then ultimately the mm-hmm. fire we know that's obviously symbolic he wants to make him suffer like he suffered on mustafar mm-hmm. um i just yeah i just kind of wish that the stage because I'm, I'm i'm fearful now that either they don't fight again or as i said earlier like the second confrontation in the series just it it, it never like if you think about any movie where mm-hmm. two opponents fight each other twice the first fight is always more impressive than the second one because the first one often leads to more surprises more shocking mm. things that happen and so i'm just i could be wrong we'll have to see but i just wonder if even the second time they fight if they fight again in the series will it even be as interesting as this one i don't know yeah because he's got to go toe-to-toe with reva at some point too right got to lightsaber to lightsaber to lightsaber yeah we gotta have it that has happen. to happen right yeah so, i mean I, I don't what know. would be dope and what would be like a kind of a, a way to really spice things up is if, if there's some sort of like I don't know, maybe like a triple threat, you know, maybe if it's like Obi-Wan, Reva, and Vader, you know, I think that, because I think she plays an important Episode part. Episode one feels. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, if they went back to that, and that's how you bring a duel of the fates, boom, that would be kind of crazy if if we can get to a level like that, but I think, you know, thinking about A New Hope, what we heard Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi tell Vader when they finally do see each other, he says to him, if you strike me down, I shall be- become more powerful than you could possibly imagine, so I think that in the remaining three episodes, we have to figure out exactly how he can tap into that Force Ghost stuff and get to yeah. get to the connection with Qui Gon. So then Qui Gon can teach him, and that's how you achieve like true ultimate power in the in the galaxy as a Jedi. Yoda knows that power and possesses it. Qui Gon probably possesses it, and then mm-hmm. he possesses that. And so if they do fight again, I don't know. Maybe it's not even a physical fight. Maybe it's just like a fight of you know. I don't know, some Jedi weird magic shit that he can do. Um, I just hope it <laughs> no, looks really interesting. Though. I hope it feels big and I hope it feels important yeah. as it should be. But uh, that about does it on our talk about Obi-Wan. We talked about everything. Any final thoughts on that before we move on with Obi-Wan or what oh, you hope to see with the rest I of the series? one more random thing, mm-hmm. bro. When Reva is chasing little Leia through that tunnel, how the hell does Reva end up on the other side <laughs> and not like, like, 
I was really confused about the logistics, bro. Like the commander leaves to go help to go help Obi Wan, and slips past Reva somehow. I don't know how that happened. And then Reva ends up on the other side of the tunnel that Leia came out, even though she came in the same entry point. I was. It's a magic tunnel, clearly. Clearly, it goes wherever the hell you want it to go. That's the only <laughs> other thing I had. To, I, I was looking at it like, bro, when, when she showed up, I was so confused. I said, how did that woman get there? Did she force teleport? We Dragon Ball Z now? I don't know. I was just trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, I think all. they might have cheated on the editing with that one because that, was, <laughs> that, was that like, shit huh? doesn't add up. It does not add up with how they started and how it all ended. It's like, wait a second. This geographically does not make sense, <laughs> but we're just going to go ahead and go with it you know and just like yeah. think that it's fine but no i agree that was that was kind of off um so those are our thoughts about obi-wan parts one through three we'll be back every week to talk about the remaining parts in detail and we'll do spoilers but we should just mention the stuff with moses ingram really quickly i mean listen we're both black so this ain't nothing new to us we knew it was gonna happen obviously yep. other star wars characters have uh or i should say actors really these are real people other real people have come into this universe and have portrayed, you know, different variations of Star Wars characters. And we've mm-hmm. seen Star Wars become more diverse over the years. They've they've brought in new characters. Kelly Marie Tran, you know, has portrayed somebody. Yeah. John Boyega came in and had a big, big role in the in the sequel trilogy yeah. and, and, and a lot of others. You know, Rosario Dawson's here now. Um, the Cassie and Andor series, which is going to have Diego Luna. You know, they're really expanding the Star Wars universe in, in a big way from a from a diver- diversity perspective. But mm-hmm. The Star Wars fandom also continuously proves to be quite possibly the most toxic, worst fandom that's out there because of the inc- incredible amount of racists that are just, you know, existing amongst here. And we we now know that, you know, Moses Ingram has, has, has certainly firsthand dealt with a lot of racism. She posted some really shitty, terrible messages that people have sent to her. People have been sending all sorts of just like mean, racist just obnoxious shit to her um calling her everything from the n-word to saying she's a terrible actress whatever the case may be and and i'll just quickly say because i don't want to spend a ton of time on this is that if you don't like her performance for her performance sake that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that if you just don't Mm -hmm. if you don't like it for that because you don't think she's delivering lines that great or it doesn't connect with you totally fine but at the point that it turns into just like flat out racism then then what are we really talking about and and i'm glad that Star Wars and Lucasfilm as an organization stuck up for somebody finally because John Boyega has talked openly about the fact that they never did that for him when he dealt with the yeah. same thing and Kelly Marie Tran went through terrible shit after The Last yeah. Jedi and they never yeah. said anything. So it was good to them. It was I think it was good to see them actually come out in support of her and, and post stuff mm-hmm. on social media and, and even Ewan McGregor as the lead of the show puts out a whole video message. And and yeah. says everything that I would agree with that you know there's obviously no place for that shit we know it exists it's not a secret mm-hmm. there's races out there and they love Star Wars apparently but you can't really be a fan and, and be saying shit like that it just doesn't make sense um, it's a shame she has to deal with that but I'm glad she she's been showing such poise in this whole thing like she's obviously not oh, phased yeah. about it because people have asked her and she's just like look the block button works <laughs> you know the mute button exists <laughs> I don't have to engage with that stuff but I will make you aware of what I deal with because this mm-hmm. shit is real and this stuff that we're supposed to just all love and enjoy has turned into this dirty thing. Now it's this filthy thing that's just riddled with terrible people who have terrible ideologies about her. And it's really not based on her performance. It's based on the fact that she's a black woman, you know, and it's fucked up, but it's a real thing. But I'll just say this. 
I don't presume that this is the case because I would imagine probably most of our listeners are black, but I know some people that are not black that listen to this podcast and we do have a worldwide listenership, I should say, people from mm-hmm. other countries. Um, just know we don't fuck with that. Like if you feel that way, that that don't fly with us. Like don't even listen. Like if you believe in that, you know, I don't don't listen <laughs> right. to us because we that that girl is talented as fuck. She's done other stuff that's really good. Queen's Gambit, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, I suspect, yeah, exactly. Like I suspect she's gonna do even better stuff in this series and in more projects. And I hope I hope she has a long career and works for the next fifty years and and stunts on these niggas and and gets you know an Oscar. Like I hope all that for her because she she's good enough for that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck racism. That's all I gotta say. There's no place for misogynoir for our listener base, like you said. If we don't deal with that shit around here, so get out of here. If you do, um, man, you you pretty much said it all. Uh, I I don't really have too much to add, man. But like you said, she is a, a woman of poise, and she's been handling this very gracefully. Um, I I am proud of. Uh, it sucks that the showrunners actually like. They said they low key like prepared for this. Yeah. Like they were they they they, they, warned they, her. they were like. They warned her. They were like, listen, Moses, this is exactly what's probably about to happen. <laughs> like, they had to warn her. And I, it's just, it blows my mind that the, the fandom, this is space. Uh, like, out of all the things. <laughs> it's the galaxy. <laughs> like, what are you the talking ga- about? Out of all the properties and things out there to be racist about, it's the the one Thing that has aliens and crazy racists and yeah, I just, you can't get more fantastical than that like more yeah just like pure fiction than star wars really exactly like what are we even doing here even like at least like i know it sounds bad but but at, at least like a, a a game of thrones makes more sense i get what you're saying absolutely then like space yeah i don't know it's just so wild to me that the this is the most racist fan base out there it like actually blows my mind but it is what it is people are stupid um man it, it sucks that we have to have to be like this but again i have to apply moses ingram um again just the, the the way she has handled this entire thing man she she really uh yeah she's she's a beast um at the end of the day so i commend her for that like you said uh, she's gonna have a long career i i don't doubt it she's really fucking talented so man no doubt about it. Well, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for our Obi-Wan talk. If you've seen the series, if you've seen part one through three, definitely hit us up and let us know what you think. He's alive, Obi-Wan. He's been looking for you for a long time. you become obi-wan kenobi new episodes streaming wednesdays only on disney plus obi-wan kenobi which we started talking about last week with the first three parts we saw the first two on disney plus back during the star wars celebration weekend and then they had the part three that dropped the following wednesday and now we've gotten part four and this is you know sort of placed things in an interesting position with the series because we're now two-thirds of the way through with the story there's only two remaining episodes and this is a limited series so there won't be a second season there won't be a continuation at least that's what they've told us um but with that said before we get into spoilers and talk about the details of this episode 
What did you overall think about part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Man, oh man. Um, we, we, we talked about this kind of off the podcast. It's another one of those episodes that's just okay. Especially, I actually really like what the, the, the third episode brought to the table. Um, at the end, per se, there was a lot of uh, uh, finally tension between, you know, our, 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 our Obi-Wan Kenobi and our Anakin. We were finally kind of getting those moments that uh, made us made us think about what was really going on. And I feel like we just kind of went back to what we were doing before all of that happened. Um, I, I expected more to, to kind of progress from that. But instead, it felt more like a reset than anything. It was like, well... You know, I I guess we'll go back to looking for Leia again. I don't know. I just expected something else to happen. Um, at the end of the last episode, Obi Wan gets hurt, and at the beginning of this of this episode, he just kind of gets out the tank and starts walking again. Like like nothing ever happened. I'm like, damn, you ain't got no uh, no healing moment. I don't know. I just thought more there would be a little bit more um, um, repercussions. To, to the end of the last episode and we didn't really get that here um and and, and i find myself as watching the show I, it's, it's so easy for me to keep questioning logic of certain things that are happening especially as a star wars fan who understands the world <laughs> i understand what star wars has been was made to be when it comes to the force and and, and even what what it, what it's supposed to be when it comes to to tension and who's fighting who and who's doing what and who is where and it just i don't i still don't hate the show by any means but it feels un not even unfocused it feels like we're in a loop that's what it feels like i feel like we're very much in a loop it, it it's like it's not even really obi-wan kenobi it's like the adventures of obi-wan kenobi it's like watching a cartoon where like every episode is just a new adventure it's almost even mm-hmm. even more similarly to like the Mandalorian, where Mandalorian is made to do that. Mandalorian is literally a cowboy in space, new new challenge every episode. Let's do that. That's but when you when you come to Obi Wan Kenobi series, that's not what we're expecting. We're expecting Ewan McGregor and some some character development and some you know some character clashes that we're looking for to 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 service the greater story of Star Wars. Because again, we know where this goes by the time uh, a new hope comes it's like okay how do we get there and it's like have we done anything to really get there and it it, it, it kind of doesn't really feel like it so uh, uh i don't again i don't think it's the worst thing i've ever seen but it's easy for me to, to to at this point be disappointed because i thought we were finally picking it up a little bit with that last episode and again it, i felt like we got back into kind of that loop here in, in in episode four Man, I am now at the point of frustration with this series. Ultimately, I I expressed last week when we started talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi that I didn't love what I saw. I liked some moments and some things that had transpired, but ultimately didn't love it the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of criticisms, especially about the pacing and some of the creative choices, some of the stylistic choices, and just the lack of gravitas that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. It just didn't feel as big and as epic and as sweeping as I thought it would even though it's only really about one character, maybe by extension really two characters Mm -hmm. or three, depending on your perspective. But an intimate story can feel epic. Absolutely. We've seen it done many times over. And so now we get to this episode and we're doing essentially another rescue mission? Really? After we've already done this in episode two? We have to spend time rescuing Leia again? We've been there. And I think that this is now becoming the prime example of what it looks like 
when a project that was intended to be a movie, its script is stretched from two hours into five and a half hours. Because this is the ultimate example of a episode where really nothing happens. And it might have been a 10 or 15 minute sequence in the film, but they've they've had to make it into an episode. And it's the, it's also the shortest episode thus far. It's 38 minutes, but if you take away the credits and the intro and the previously on, it's really like 33, 34 minutes. And so they had to extend this out to make it something a little bit more hefty, a little bit more a little bit more reasonable to be to be actually presented as a, as an episode. And I think that 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 that's really that's really starting to expose you know what this all was intended to be mm-hmm. for me and I, I think that that's a problem we shouldn't see these cracks we shouldn't see these these sort of holes and and my big problem now beyond that stuff is that the show isn't really about obi-wan kenobi anymore mm-hmm. we essentially learned nothing new about him in this episode what did we learn about obi-wan in this episode i can't i can't really think of a thing there's a little bit of confidence gained back i guess <laughs> but what new information is presented? Not only did not only him, but what new info did we learn about Reva? We spent time with her, absolutely, right. but we didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. We we didn't get any revelations that I think probably should be there that we've suspected will be there. Nothing happened, and then Leia, who I've already expressed, is is the element of the show that I'm just not with. And again, it's not the the young actress playing her; it's just the inclusion of the character and how they've utilized her. This character has been in the most danger out of anybody in this entire series, even more than Obi-Wan, especially twice now. And it's somebody we know survives. That is a problem. Mm -hmm. Why are we spending so much time on elements and sequences and beats that put this character in danger when we know ultimately she will live on and she will go on to do great things. Mm -hmm. That seems like mismanagement of, of, of story and, and real estate for the character development that should be happening in this episode. And it just left me empty. I was looking at this like, what is really happening here? Nothing. It's just, again, it's just another rescue mission. I'm so disappointed by it. And and as I was saying what I was saying earlier in the lead up to, to our conversation here, the fact that we're two thirds of the way through, why was the choice made to make this six episodes? The Mandalorian was eight. The Book of Boba Fett was at least seven. <laughs> why are we just making less and less of a thing? I don't get that. I really don't understand that. Now, all that being said, the final two episodes can be incredible and it can make all this stuff make sense. Mm -hmm. It can make it work. I can go back and watch this as a binge and say, you know what? We needed that to happen. Mm -hmm. You know what? That actually informed everything we got in the final two episodes. So I have to give that caveat because there's still two more to go. I still have faith that it'll, it'll still end off on a very high note and that I'll still like ultimately what comes in this, in this, this last stretch. But as of now, just judging this episode, in addition to the the other three that we've gotten, it's not doing it for mm-hmm. me. It's really not doing it for me, and I'm starting to slowly see the ball being dropped here again, just like I did with Boba Fett. Had a bad feeling about that show midway through, and, and and it's similar things here now. So, with that said, let's go ahead and talk about some some of the details with this episode. This is your official spoiler warning. If you've not seen part four of Obi Wan Kenobi, go check that out and come back and listen to the rest of our conversation. But I got to be honest, as I was trying to put together notes for this, I was like, well. Not that much happened. I don't know how much there is to really talk about here, if we're being honest. But I do want to start and say and, and acknowledge the, the, the Bacta tank sequence at the beginning. You talked about how Obi-Wan is absolutely hurt. He has these burns on his body from what we saw at the end of episode three. Vader drug him through the damn fire, um, <laughs> made him into a shish kebab for at least a minute. He gets put into the Bacta tank here. And although it doesn't really make any sense how fast he's back on his feet, I did like 
I did like what they did in that opening moment where you're seeing the cross cutting between yes. him and Vader in the Bacta yes. tank. Like this, the symmetry that exists do between that. these two characters. That there's more, <laughs> there's more intrinsic. Yeah, do more of that. There's more intrinsically linked between these two than meets the eye. And so that moment when you're seeing that cross cutting and they're both in tremendous pain, mm-hmm. which we don't get to see much of that from Vader. Like as as menacing as and and, and as opposing as he can be, the man lives in constant agony mm-hmm. all the time. He he lost what three out of four limbs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that's terrible, and he's. He's completely burned and has these these terrible scars on his body. So when he's in that Bakta tank, it's not pleasant for him. That's in that's that that's his most painful that's his most painful position that he'll ever be in. And I think Obi Wan is getting a little bit of a glimpse into that. So I did like that moment and how much it spoke to their their history and how how closer they are to coming together. At least at least that's what it seems like that they're you know they're on a collision course again towards each other. We know that that happens in a new hope ultimately, but it seems like they're they're building up to to another co- collision course between these two based off of that 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 sort of that sort of symmetry that they created between their two characters in the in the opening moments. Yeah, that was, that it was one of those things where you were just talking about the last two episodes could still do something. And I'm very much expecting that to happen you know i think you know we talk about the the pacing of the show one of my worries is that they're saving something for like an obi-wan season two you know what i mean it's like just do what you need to do right now (laughs) and stop wasting all this time and so yeah it's just it's just all very interesting um when it comes to that but yeah man i'm like do more of that stuff show how they're similar do more of those i love that idea to do that that direction the cutting there it's like yes that is literally why i'm here do that and then as soon as we get off the tank it's like you don't get any more of that you've had enough and it's like okay <laughs> I, I guess bro like I, uh, yeah it's just it's, it's it's cool it's cool a little disappointing for sure um also we got another new character this week o'shea jackson jr pops up yeah. the son of ice we, cube we in this episode coming. We knew he was coming. He's teased his appearance in this episode, and he finally appeared. He's uh, he's helping out Obi Wan um, and Tala as they, as they try to go to retrieve um, and rescue Leia from from the from the the grasp of the Inquisitors. She's she's being held on the Inquisitor stronghold, and Rava's interrogating her. But uh, I thought it was pleasant to see him here. Mm-hmm. I like to see him getting work and getting roles. It was it was cool to see him on Twitter. He had posted a screenshot of. A movie he worked on where he was a production assistant, which I didn't realize that he had started in this industry at a really, really low level. He was just a PA, you know, even it's before crazy. the stuff was straight out of Compton. And to show where he is now, he has a full title credit at the end of a Star Wars series. Um, that growth and development is kind of crazy. I really appreciated seeing him, mm-hmm. you know, sort of document that. Um, what do you think about just his appearance here and what he contributed to the episode? Yeah, man. Um, again, a very small part, but again, like you said, it's good to see him work and good to see him here. He's probably a person that I'm still expecting more work out of. I actually think the pandemic slowed him down. Um, I think he was in mm. Godzilla. Yeah, he was in Godzilla Kings, Kings and Monsters. Yes. Um, and so I'm again, I was shot right before the pandemic. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll pick it up here again, but yeah, man, just, just very simple. Good to see him. And I hope, I hope we see him more in not only other things, but maybe even some more future Star Wars stuff. Yeah, that would absolutely be cool. So on the Inquisitor stronghold, again, Rava is Reva, excuse me, is, uh, interrogating Leia, not being successful at it. They're going back and <laughs> forth. Leia's not giving up any information. Um, again, this young actress playing Leia. 
I, she's she's great. She's really really she great. Good. She's doing a phenomenal job at at she's what good. they're giving her, and she has to work with some really fine actors mm-hmm. um, in every scene. and And I think that uh, that interplay between those two was uh, it was okay. You know, I think I think the way that Moses Ingram is playing this is still. I don't know. I'm still I, I don't know what to make of it. You know, there's there, there's moments where I'm like, oh, that was really good. I really like what you did there. But I think in this moment, as she's talking to Leia, something wasn't connecting for me in terms of that that element of, of I guess, just menace and presence that I would think that she would have yeah. as an inquisitor. And she's the main inquisitor on the show. We obviously know that like fifth brothers there. Mm-hmm. And he he just I mean, he just constantly bitches and complains all the time. <laughs> like he's just always whining for what <laughs> i just don't get it and ray was actually doing shit which i really liked but it for some reason i think what i have a problem with is that we're supposed to fear her or we're at least supposed to feel that she's dangerous yeah. but they continue to undermine her i think mm-hmm. you know when we get those moments between her and fifth brother and he just like goes behind her back and he reveals what what's happening to Vader mm-hmm. and, and and just takes away the idea from her and takes credit for it. It's stuff like that. Now Vader Vader doing what he does. I mean he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna lay down his will amongst anybody. So that 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 I'll you know forgive because at the end of this episode he goes back to to choking niggas like he lo- loves to do. But um I don't know. I just feel like her her presence always gets undermined for some reason as as this person that I'm supposed to be fearful of mm-hmm. and think that she could be capable of anything. But ultimately, that's not really the case. That's not what I'm feeling here. And and for some reason, I think that Moses Ingram's performance in that respect is not able to fully come alive mm-hmm. for, for for whatever reason. There's just not there's something there that's missing for me. That's a that 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 that's supposed to allow her to really flourish in the way that a villain should in this type of show. Yeah, they took they took an antagonist and made her the underdog. Like how are you supposed to be afraid of the underdog, <laughs> but she's the antagonist. It's like really weird writing in a lot of different ways right you said like you said she's undermined uh fifth brother is always like uh this girl here always trying to do this and that even the grand inquisitor was like mm, you went out your way to do this and then this happened mm-hmm. i mean vader's choking her you know what i'm saying like she's just very much the underdog and it's hard when you you're in- again you're introducing your 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 main antagonist as this underdog because part of you can never see her as menacing because there's another part of you who's kind of rooting for her because she's because she's the underdog. <laughs> yeah. So like even exactly. when she's in there with Leia, you're like, I mean, this is fine and stuff. But like, are you really even the the antagonist, especially when freaking Anakin <laughs> is looming over the entire show? You know, I don't know. It's, it's it's a really weird thing they're playing with. And so I agree that I don't I don't think it's Moses fault. It's like this just this thing they've done <laughs> that you can't really rectify for real like that, especially remember when I was talking about. They don't really give Reva moments for people to, you know, to really be afraid like that. There was like, right. you know, you know, like the 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 Sith mind thing where you can extract information through people's heads, and like that can happen. But like more of that, do the, I don't know, cut something up, kill somebody, do do yeah. something. But it, we still haven't really gotten that moment. And again, it's it, it's like they're prepping us for her turn. And so it's like, or something. So it's, yeah, it's just all really weird. We'll see what happens with her. But I, I completely agree. That That's probably exactly what it is, that they're prepping us for a turn that we're going to see out of her. So they're, they're not able to fully lean into her being just a true villain. Exactly. And I don't, I don't know how smart of a decision that mm-hmm. is when, when she has so much screen time, you know? And so again, I think her being somebody that's on the, 
it's on the line. She's towing the line between like, yes, she's now a part of the Empire and she's been quote unquote bad for a long time, but there's something in her that you can tell is still pulling her towards a, a better path mm-hmm. and a better life. On top of the fact that Leia is the character that that's supposed to be suffering at her hands, but Leia is really in no danger at all because <laughs> Leia lives ultimately. Right. It's it's just I don't get that. I just don't get that. I can't comprehend it for whatever reason. But uh, let's talk about Obi Wan for a second as the guy that's you know going back after Leia. He's able to infiltrate the Inquisitor stronghold, which the Empire, I mean by far has the worst security of anything ever in any movie or TV show mm-hmm. that we've ever seen. I mean, people constantly get past their security lines. Like, Tala is able to just <laughs> fake it and finesse it all the way through. She talks down to that one security guard who who controls the whole clearance for an entire level, and she's like, you know, you actually answer to me. I'm your commanding officer. And then she chokes out another guy behind the scenes and just takes him out. I mean, they have the worst, the worst security of anything. Um, but... Obi-Wan gets in and there's that one key pivotal moment in this episode where he's in this uh he's in this this room that that basically is a tomb. They they have they have liquefied and and frozen, mm-hmm. not even froze, but it's more so liquefied. They've liquefied and preserved the bodies of Jedi that they've presumably have killed over the years due to order 66 and I guess I never thought that they would just keep Jedi around, that they would just like kill them and dispose of their bodies. But here they're actually preserving some of them, probably not all of them, but there's actually quite a few that pop up that have come from other Star Wars media. There's even a youngling in there. Mm -hmm. I know that there was one, I believe, from the Fallen Order game that came out, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Mm -hmm. Order, that was in one of those tanks. Um, That was a really striking moment. That was a piece of this episode that I did like because it just kind of showed that there's something bigger at play here. Something is happening here, and there has to be a reason that they're keeping these Jedi around. I know in one of the animated series, I can't remember, it might have been Clone, no, it might have been Rebels. I know that Emperor Palpatine had a plan for younglings. He didn't want to necessarily kill all the younglings because they were too powerful. He wanted to figure out a way to keep and utilize their power in some way, Mm -hmm. maybe turn them. That's probably what happened to Reva. That's right. That's probably why they, you know, they were able to keep her around, mm-hmm. like use her power for for the forces of the Empire. But there's something bigger here happening, and I thought that that was a that was a really striking moment throughout this episode. Yeah, this is more of the things that I'm looking for, like that makes Star Wars Star Wars. Give us some of these weird kind of dark things that the Empire does that we might have never gotten in the movies. You know what I mean? Like you have a chance in these TV shows to give us this weird lore and these weird decisions that the empire decides to make you know what i mean like if they're imperial be imperial be dark like do do these weird things and so that was one of those moments i was like man this sucks of course from a, like a, a a jedi standpoint but like as somebody watching this as a as a nerd it's like man it's some cool shit like I, I i want more of this to happen i remember i think it was episode three or even episode two but in the back you can see like youngling helmets like on the just sitting kind of like on a um like a shelf and you're like yeah. y'all are that demented where y'all keeping these these like youngling helmets as trophies like this is some wild stuff man and then it kind of comes back here like you said um with with these with these fallen jedi corpses man it's just like dang what is really happening here but i agree it's like it feels like something bigger is at play here and i wish i just wish the show was playing with these things yeah. more than leia like <laughs> let's have fun with this let's talk about this like a little <sighs> bit more than like like maybe maybe this them keeping these jedi even it, it gives another reason for snoke being 
You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, yes, there's so yes, much exactly. <laughs> that you could tie a lot this of snow into. connective tissue yeah. there that could be could be present. Exactly. So like, let's let's play with those ideas. But yeah, it, it was still a cool moment, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. We also get to see Obi Wan again, sort of gain some confidence. He's using his lightsaber. He's taking out stormtroopers left and right. He's taking out droids left and right. He uses the force to break open the the underwater sort of tank that was there and 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 and, and drown all the stormtroopers. Um, somehow didn't get wet at all. Just makes it out <laughs> of that of that hallway unscathed force, and, and very dry. No no moisture <laughs> at all. Which I don't know. Curious. Very curious to me as the as the logistical feasibility behind something like that. There was also a moment too when the stormtroopers were in front of him and behind him. And he's, you know, he's using his lightsaber to dodge the the, the lasers mm-hmm. from the from their guns. But there were also people behind him shooting at him, <laughs> and he was doing nothing. So I'm like, so you didn't catch any any of those to the back? You didn't catch no always to the back? Star Wars stormtroopers have true. always been the worst shooters in history. <laughs> they are, that's true. Their their aim is just <laughs> the, the the less said about it, the better because they're they're dumb. They can't shoot. They really find these niggas off the street or off the dirt, maybe the dirt of Tatooine, and and just enlist them without any training. But I just also found that ridiculous. Like, he didn't get hit at all in that moment. There's lasers flying everywhere, but whatever. Be that as it may. Um, And they escape. They get out. That's really the end of the episode. Reva is able to destroy one of those ships of of the folks that were helping out Obi-Wan and Tala to get get Leia back. But um, we do find out that Reva was able to plant a tracker onto Leia's droid, which is going to follow them, and that gives Vader the position of where they're going and where they're headed. So we know that Vader's going to find them again. Um, did enjoy seeing him again at the end of this episode, able to choke out somebody. Always love that. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of where things ended. That was that was really the end of the episode. So I don't know how much more there is to talk about. Any any last thoughts about part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi and where we may go in the final two episodes of the series. Um, I always like the like the addition of a cute droid. I like I like little Lola when Lola's flying around and stuff. Um, and I also actually like the the idea of making Lola part of the plot. I never thought they would use Lola as a plot, you know, as distracting device. I was like, hmm, that's actually something interesting that they did. Um, so I like that. Uh, oh, we talked about this off the podcast. I do not understand... How Darth Vader doesn't know his daughter is in the same <laughs> building that he is in. It makes a level below negative sense as the most monochlorian nigga that's supposed to be out here. That's ever existed. That's ever he got the most he got the most MCs flowing through his body <laughs> than we've ever heard before. Them the midichlorians, boy. Them things, them things failed him this episode. Hey, I don't know what was going on. Maybe he was distracted. I don't know what this man got going on, but he should feel that this powerful ass little girl who Reva couldn't do her mind trick on is downstairs, man. Like, come on, dog. I don't know. It's something about that that's still it's gonna drive me for a long time. Like th- they have crossed they're crossing paths constantly. Even in episode three, Leia was there on the same yep. planet, not even like up the street from where you are chasing Obi-Wan. Your daughter is right. I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to address that. If they're ever like, probably not. Probably not. Like, <laughs> probably like I just not. feel like she should like see his face or something. Why she's young? Like, I don't know. Like, do something to to make this, to make this. I don't know. Talk about it. Somebody say something <laughs> that this is happening. I mean, we basically have what 
if we're lucky, 100 minutes left of this series. If we're lucky, um, it could be 90, but maybe 100 if they if they really really utilize the 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 50 or 55 minutes. But um, yeah, they probably won't explain it. Mm. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot that doesn't make sense if we're being honest. I mean, there's a lot of oh, yeah, a lot sure. of continuity problems. Well, that one. A lot of things that just don't add up. That you know, it's kind of off. I, I'm willing to forgive. If it's good, I'm willing to forgive yeah, those things and true. look past them if if I'm swept up in the story, but you can't help but focus and hone in on these <laughs> details when the story itself is not yeah. delivering. So it's like we gotta talk about something here. Mm-hmm. Um it's a shame. So yes, I, I will I will continue to hold out faith for these last two because I want them so desperately to be great. I really, really do. I want an epic battle between Darth Vader and Obi Wan to really, really go down. I want something more and something better than a empty alley in the dark I, I just want something that that we that we've been waiting for and that this show deserves it deserves that big big iconic moment we'll have to see though we'll have to see what happens in these final two episodes but those are our thoughts on obi-wan kenobi if you've checked out part four of this series definitely hit us up and let us know what you think about it Let's go ahead and transition and talk about some TV. We got to catch up with the latest episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Part 5 just recently dropped on Disney+. And as we've been doing every week, we've been reviewing the series and doing spoiler-filled breakdowns of all the events and new occurrences that happen in each episode. But before we get into our official spoiler-filled breakdown and recap of Part 5, I do want to just pass it over to you quickly to get your overall general thoughts about this episode, especially coming off of part four last week, which I know was an episode was not the greatest really for either of us. There were things to like, but it certainly did not deliver on all aspects of what we wanted out of this series. But now with part five, the penultimate episode out on Disney Plus, what did you think about this new addition to Obi-Wan Kenobi? Uh, Finally, I feel like after watching this episode, I could exhale a little bit in in terms of freshness of what i was hoping some of the elements this series would bring they finally gave us some nerdy star wars shit (laughs) and that's what i am constantly looking for throughout star wars anything is like where is the actual star wars and and we finally some some things that we talked about in previous episodes have finally just just the energy has just shifted a little bit for this episode. I wish a lot of the things in this episode came earlier, but it it it, it feels like it. The writers wrestled with that. They have an end goal and they have a beginning goal. What's the in between look like? And and, and I think unfortunately the in between is whew, it's it's hard. But I think what makes it so weird is the that you can tell the writers were excited. <laughs> to write this episode this is even what they were looking forward to they were like yes we've, we're finally here um and i think i understand that's a hard thing to do when writing is you know your end goal it's what's the meat and potatoes and, and sometimes the meat and potatoes just don't work as well and i think that's how uh you know we we kind of felt about those first really i think there was a good episode in there three was three was decent but one two and four man just felt like the meat and potatoes just weren't good enough and in in and finally I feel like we turned up the heat a little bit with this fifth episode. I'm I'm really happy with it. Um I think of course not perfect, but again, if every episode was like three and five, I think we'd be in a different spot talking about this show. 
unfortunately this is still in the minority there's still only really two episodes i like and three that i don't so we'll see how the finale happens but even then i think overall it, it will still be a little disappointing in terms of what we were looking for out of this show um and so uh yeah i'm 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 happy with this episode i hope we follow through with next week we still have some things to do for sure but coming off the backs of four it we have up the ante tremendously uh the action was good for me um still a little bit of questionable things in terms of logic but man some 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 things were on the line and that's what also i needed to happen in star wars you you star wars is also made for you to be afraid a lot of times because the it's very much a I don't want to say a real world, but you know what I mean. It's very much a, a, a real world by, by terms of danger. There's a lot, a lot of present danger in Star Wars, and we finally see a lot of those things come to light. I think in this fifth episode, man. Uh, so yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave it there for now. So I certainly think that this is an improvement over last week's episode. That that is without question. This is so much better because I really, I really didn't enjoy last week's episode. I was very down about it, and I was very disappointed. I thought that there were so many things that could have been done differently and I was just expecting more Mm -hmm. out of what we got. And so this is absolutely an improvement. There's a lot of really cool moments that, that certainly capture your attention and, and, and will surprise you and maybe even leave you breathless, depending on the type of star Wars fan that you are, just because you want to see some of these things happen for, for such a long time. And now we're sort of in a place to be able to do it. There's a lot of high intensity action. This is obviously, you know, sort of the third act of the story. Now that we're in the final two episodes. Mm -hmm. And so, you see that the editing and the pacing is all quicker. There's a lot more action. There's a lot more stakes. There's a lot more on the line. So all of that stuff is absolutely implemented here. We typically see the final episode of the Marvel series have this sort of pacing and style. Mm. This is coming in the penultimate episode, which makes me think that the final episode will, 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 will be something a little bit more intimate and personal, which will probably be a good thing depending on the type of story that we're that we're you know sort of seeing play out here right but based off of the fact that it's about obi-wan kenobi at least that's what they tell us and this conflict and confrontation you know between him and darth vader that choice may be maybe a good one but we still have to see if that's the case or not but this one was a really fast-paced episode a lot was happening there was some excellent darth vader moments i mean there was some some, yes. some tremendous stuff here from darth vader like again if you're a fan of that character You've wanted to see some of these things happen for the longest, right? To be able to see that force of power, that 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 willpower, and just like that that incredible strength that he has uh, in so many respects that you just don't often get to see. Overall, though, I will say I'm still I'm still frustrated by some character choices, mm-hmm. and I'm still frustrated by structure choices with this show, and some things to me that. Now, now that most of this series has come out, we have the majority, the vast majority of the story in front of our eyes and we've consumed it. I, I really do question the intention and direction behind this entire story from the mm-hmm. get go and why maybe, why, why maybe another approach couldn't have been explored or why some things weren't filled in um, or even just, just more time and an opportunity to get to know some of these people a little bit better. I, I do think Unfortunately for me, I, I do think that Obi-Wan continues to fail in mm-hmm. that regard in terms of how they've structured and paced out the story and also what 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 it's truly about. And I'm getting big Book of Boba Fett vibes mm-hmm. as well because I was feeling this way about the Book of Boba Fett like, well, this isn't really about him anymore. This has gone in a different, a different right. 
lane that just wasn't anticipated. Mm. That lane ended up being good and beneficial for the Book of Boba Fett, but still a little, a little bit of a confounding choice, and I'm finding myself feel, feeling very similar here with Obi-Wan Kenobi, but overall, definitely a better episode, definitely a better episode than last week's, but I, I do have some issues with it, but let's talk about it. Yep. Let's talk about some of the details with this week's episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you've not seen Part 5, definitely go check it out on Disney+. Plus. This is your official spoiler warning. We're going to do all the details and recaps of this episode, so go check it out and then come back and listen to our conversation after you've done that. And the first place that I want to start off with is kind of where, where this episode starts off with and actually something that's weaved throughout the entire episode, really. And the major thing that we kind of see is this big flashback moment that happens between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Now, coming into the series, I think a lot of people naturally expected that there would be some sort of flashback because why do you really need Hayden Christensen to come back? You can mm-hmm. put any six foot four guy in the Darth Vader suit. You can get James Earl Jones or do some technology tricks with James Earl Jones's voice. That's Darth Vader. That's yeah. really all you need. But they strategically made the choice to bring Hayden Christensen back. And now we see why. I think that moment that a lot of people were expecting some sort of flashback moment to happen that would put these two characters back in the same place together at a much simpler time when things were a little bit easier before <laughs> now and see them interact and see what that would look like. And, and what we what we find is that they're they're both, you know, sort of having training combat on Coruscant. Obi-Wan is sort of giving another lesson to Anakin about lightsaber training and all of these different things, sharpening his skills. And again, this whole moment is weaved throughout the, the entire episode. It's not just isolated in the opening in the opening shots of, of part five. It's actually something that's weaved throughout the story here. And we see them duel and go back and forth. And we get to see a little bit of that interplay between those two. Mm-hmm. And we get to see some of the dialogue and the banter. Definitely calling back to some of the stuff we saw in that prequel trilogy. Yeah. And I, I do believe that this is set firmly in the time of around Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. If you just basically, you know, look at Anakin's hairstyle, that's what he was wearing around Attack of the Clones. I think this is 13 years before the events of this series, which would put it, you know, right before the Clone Wars kicked off. But what did you think about all of that? What did you think about seeing these two duel again, you know, in a lightsaber battle, especially seeing Hayden Christensen back as, as a young Anakin Skywalker in this moment? Yeah, first and foremost, man, the nostalgia. Um, you know, even as we hold on to that that prequel trilogy, it feels good to just see new footage of those two, you know, kind of, you know, sparring again. It, it will always feel good, I think, um, no matter no matter the capacity. Uh, seeing Hayden Christensen back, man, it also feels good uh, to see, um, to yeah, just to see him back, man. Everybody's getting older, <laughs> so it's, 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 it's just always good to know that uh, – at least in the hands of Disney, for the most part, Marvel knock on wood, but um, Disney for the most part, they're they're good at making making those visual changes that they need to to keep us in in the moment to make it look like a flashback. To me, I never questioned that at those those moments at all, whether it was a flashback or not. They looked really good. The makeup was good. They did what they needed to do. Um, I think in that regard too. Um, man, I love the parallels here between what's happening in the story currently. And this the sparring session between Obi-Wan and Anakin, I thought it was very well done um, because it, it it really does show us the things that that Anakin continues to hold on to um, and the things that he needs to grow from. And the reasons why, as menacing as as Darth Vader is, the, the reasons he still has never been a perfect Sith either, the reasons why he he he, he fails sometimes 
even as Darth Vader, he fails sometimes. And, and, and I love seeing that parallel um, between, again, the dialogue that we're having. I thought it was very well done. Um, even the, you know, him calling out, he wants to, he wants to prove himself so badly that he, he, he can never truly get the wins for the right reasons. I just, I, the stuff, that's the stuff I love about Star Wars, the very proverbial kind of, you know, talks to the Padawan. That's, that's the stuff I've always been interested in and that I like. And so this flashback again, going with the current is one of the things I was talking about in, in, in my spoiler review where I'm like. This is the Star Wars that, I, that I, I like to look for. Like this is the Star Wars that I'm here for. Things like this that I that I that I grasp onto. So I enjoyed the moment um, a lot, and I'm I'm glad they included it. Yeah, I think it definitely is a moment to again for, foreshadow the turn that we would obviously see out of Anakin Skywalker. That was the whole purpose of the prequel trilogy, of mm -hmm. course. And so to come back to that world, that time where the Republic seemed so peaceful, everything was was good, everything was a, a lot simpler. Of course, the Clone Wars are impending at this particular time, which is what set off the course of events that would follow and the and the rise of the Empire. But at this particular time, the Jedi were at peace. You know, things were again more simple. And so to see them just have this moment, this kinship between each other was great. I do think that that is one of the stronger elements of the prequels is seeing Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen play off of each other as flawed as those movies are, yeah. especially that script. The script is extremely flawed. You can never deny that these two have chemistry with each other mm -hmm. like they absolutely do and they work well together. And so when you see them have this uh, this sparring session to test out each other's limits and to see how we, how good each other is at this point and you see how fast Anakin is progressing, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's really cool stuff. And there's even a moment there where Anakin, as they're fighting, he tells him mercy doesn't defeat an enemy master, which is it, it's actually funny. It's like it, take Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Every word of what you just said is wrong because that is a wrong <laughs> statement yeah. because Luke, his son, would show mercy to him later in the you know exactly. down the road mm -hmm. as a young Jedi when he fought Darth Vader. He showed him mercy and that that's ultimately what won at the end of the day. But as good as this as these flashbacks were. Um, as as entertaining as they were, especially the the lightsaber combat, because we're also getting back to that prequel era lightsaber combat, which I really enjoy. The yes. very fast paced, the very acrobatic and stylistic lightsaber duels. The one the one problem that I do have with this whole sequence of events is that I don't feel like we and I've been saying this. I don't feel like we really learned anything new mm -hmm. from this. There are parallels, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you that that they're, they're they're showing you know sort of the dynamic of who Anakin is now is Darth Vader and, 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 and who he was at that particular time. Mm -hmm. But what did we learn from this moment, really? Because I was I was expecting that there was going to be some big revelation, maybe mm -hmm. something that was said that was going to just like enlighten us on a new level that was going to open up a new a new a new way to think about this whole relationship between these two. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel like we got that. Like we already knew that Anakin was aggressive. We, yeah. we knew that about him. We knew that he was a little bit cocky and arrogant. We knew that he was sh he was he was very good. And he was a little bit of a show off. Like he knew how fast he was progressing as a young Padawan on his way to becoming a Jedi. And so they just kind of leaned back into that. And, and you know, that that's what the prequels are for. That's what episode two taught right. us and episode three especially taught us that. So I was a little bit let down that there was there was not more revelatory information that was presented in this moment. As good as it was, as well acted as it, as it was, as well choreographed as it was, mm -hmm. that was kind of my fundamental thing about it, that it just, it kind of left me a little bit empty on, okay, we're building and we're building and we're building and we're constantly revisiting this flashback because they go to it like 
three or four times throughout the episode, I'm thinking that by the end of it, it was going to be like, that's the moment. That's mm. that's that's the piece of information we needed to really understand more so than anybody, maybe Anakin's point of view in all of this. And and we didn't really get that. And I was kind of I was kind of disappointed by that. So I was just hoping for for something more in that moment. Yeah, I wonder if this would make more sense earlier in the show. <laughs> just not here because again, they, we do spend some of that time catching up with uh with where where Obi-Wan is now. And I think that it would have fit better in like in episode 2 or something where Darth Vader shows up. You know what I mean? And it's like and, and it's kind of back and forth, especially when he's being chased down in like that third episode. I would have actually loved to maybe see it at that moment earlier again, where we're still putting the pieces together a little bit from the from that prequel trilogy. I think would have made more sense. But I agree. Like it's like episode five. Why exactly is this moment here with no real uh, uh, resolution? Yeah, well, no, yeah. like like this, like a ding moment, right? Like a that's why that's here, and so yeah, I I agree with that for sure. Yeah, we even get throughout the entire series could have been could have been interesting to to revisit maybe a moment per episode, mm-hmm. and and you know in this particular in this particular edition of the series, it could have had that moment hopefully. So yeah, again, structure story choices that I'm not the most aligned with. Again, not terrible. It was it was still really good for the most part, but I, I was I was just hoping for more out of that. We should talk about Reva's plan because that's something we've been mm-hmm. wondering and speculating about for the entirety of this show. Obviously, a new character that's introduced here, a part of the Inquisitors, known as Third Sister. And a lot of us, rightfully so, have expected that there was going to be some sort of information revealed that she was actually one of the younglings that was present in that opening flashback where we saw a lot of the Jedi get get murdered for, for Order 66. And so we actually finally get some some really, really insightful information as to what exactly she's doing here. And uh, it still caught me a little bit off guard, even mm-hmm. though I knew certain elements were coming. It, the, the, the actual plan itself was still a little bit shocking because I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> I'm wondering how much sense it really makes. But that being said, we should talk about it. So Reva ultimately, she doesn't reveal it herself. Obi-Wan kind of finds out they have that moment at the door before the stormtroopers are about to infiltrate, you know, the base where everybody is being held. They have that moment where Obi-Wan is going to attempt to negotiate with Reva. And so he uses the force through the door to communicate with her. And he wonders, well, how did you know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Because that that's largely been a secret that's not been revealed yeah, to the galaxy. That. Nobody knew mm-hmm. knew that knew that. That was that was information. Like if if you knew that Anakin was Darth Vader, Darth Vader was gonna kill your ass. Cause <laughs> that was not that was not to be revealed. Mm-hmm. She knew that, though, and so Obi-Wan is able to put the pieces together and figure out that she was present, again, for Order 66. She was a youngling, and Anakin was responsible for the death of all of her friends at that particular time, and even tried to kill her, Mm -hmm. and she ultimately survived that moment, and so now she's in a place of revenge. This has all been a big revenge mission for Reva, so she is not truly a part of the Inquisitors to just get the glory and to be one of the second in command to Darth Vader. She's actually attempting to get close to him so mm-hmm. that she can actually betray him and get that revenge for the death of her young fellow younglings at that particular time. Right. And this is something she's had her sights set on for her entire life, essentially. Mm-hmm. So definitely a lot of pent up aggression there. Definitely a lot of backstory that, you know, they're sort of giving us in that particular moment. But we find this out at this particular time in the episode what do you think about that choice? What do you think about the the idea that Reva's really here for revenge 
and how do you think how do you think it all adds up with just the grand context of what the show is yeah uh it's funny because we like seen it coming a mile away um at least the first part of it we 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 knew very or we had a feeling that Reva was going to be one of these younglings in the story what i didn't know is that she's trying to kill this dude <laughs> the entire time i was like hmm okay that's where we're going interesting choice um but i yeah i don't it it all does just still make sense though because remember there was a part of me after talking about the interrogation scene between her and leia where we kind of discussed i felt like there's a reason they're not making her more evil in a lot of these situations um serving as like a little a little bit of plot armor right in in, in terms of how what kind of person that reva actually is and and we kind of find out like she's not necessarily full dark side there's no way like there's right she's it's way more if anything her revenge for vader is driving her dark side that is the thing that is driving her dark side and so i think it's an interesting choice to want to kill him but part of me also understands the motivations i guess when you're trying to take a character and make them especially in this particular story of obi-wan you take a character and you're trying to make them have they have to have some motivation to do what they do i guess it 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 does make sense but i did not see it coming in that way nor am i sure i'm completely sold on it um in, in terms of that direction we'll just have to see what they do like what they decide to do with her character i'm not sure whether she does die or make a turn for the light side or whether she like stays on that line and technically she goes and chases i don't know i have no idea what they're gonna do but uh uh it's just it's just really interesting um um to make that choice man i think that the the vader seeing it coming is also interesting um in a lot of different ways because is it like all of a sudden vader's using the force like i don't know like Mm -hmm. because uh, I, I still have my reservations about him not knowing Leia's next, not next to him, but him, him also somehow knowing that Reva was out for revenge the entire, or at least, or at least him having that as a contingency plan. Like, ooh, I don't know sure. if I trust this girl completely. This is a contingency. Like, I don't, because I never felt like she did anything that we've seen to make Vader think that. Right. Part of me very much wishes this was revealed in like episode one. Because then the fear of Vader finding out would have carried throughout the show. I actually mm-hmm. would have loved for that to happen. Like, we know Reva not technically all good or bad. She just wants revenge on Anakin. And every time they meet face to face, you're like, oh, my God, he's going to find out. Oh, my God, he's going to find out. And then he doesn't. I wish they kind of went that direction. I think that's interesting um, in, in terms of how you play with the energy of the show. But, man, I, I, I'm i not sure what to make of, of all of it yet. It, it really, for me... Depends on what they decide to do now. Now that we have this information, and now leaving Reva with whatever she was left with. It's funny you say that because I have a very specific note about that idea about revealing this early on and and carrying that tension throughout this entire series. Before mm-hmm. I get to that, though, I do think that we can't even call it a face turn because, as you said, we don't really know if she's going to like right. be just straight up good. But we did see that this turn was coming, and so. It happening now in this in this episode, I was expecting it to go down because there's there's only so much runway left. And in the way that it was revealed, Obi-Wan finding it out in this moment 
I also did like that, that he was the one to sort of mm. put it together mm-hmm. and she didn't reveal it because she's still she's still playing this secret, the secret close to the vest. And right. Obi-Wan is the one to unpack it and, 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 and make sense of it. I, I did like that choice. That being said, I want to preface this quickly and say that I don't have any issues with the plan itself that she has in order to infiltrate the Empire, get close to Darth Vader so that she can ultimately slay him mm-hmm. herself. I don't have any problem with that. I think it's risky. It's very dangerous. I wouldn't do it, but I get it because of the rage and the wrath that she carries from that moment of being a youngling and seeing her friend slaughtered. That being said, I now think that there's a fundamental issue with the way that this show has been constructed. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how the what what would this show have been like if, if we knew that from the get-go, right? And I think that a series where we're focusing on Reva hunting Darth Vader, why not make that something akin to The Departed, where she has to go mm. deep undercover into the Empire, make people trust her, work herself up the ranks, and then ultimately get close enough to Vader in order to carry out her mission. Yeah. But that entire time, you have that fear and that possibility that somebody's going to find her out. Somebody's going to be able to put it all together and identify her as a traitor, ultimately. Right. Because if you look at a movie like The Departed or Deep Cover or any movie that's about somebody going undercover Mm -hmm. in order to ultimately bust whatever criminal organization that they're a part of, that's the whole story. Not only do you have to worry and fear for their life and and their safety, but you also have to see the evolution of how dark they become because they ingratiate themselves in that world. Because what what I find is an issue here is that we now know this, that she's been a part of the, the Empire for however long and she's now been promoted to Grand Inquisitor. She's letting a lot of really fucked up things happen. Like she cut off a woman's arm yep. at the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. She watched Vader snap a young boy's neck on Mapuzo yep. when him and Obi-Wan first fought. Like this mm-hmm. stuff is just going down right in front of her. Now, again, if we had the proper context and information before this episode, it yeah. works because you know she can't, she can't, she can't give up her cover <laughs> exactly. in order to, in order to, you know, keep up the ruse. But we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So now that we know that I'm looking back like, well, fuck, that would have been useful information to know because that would have added so much more suspense and tension to the entire episode and to everything that's led into this moment because we're missing all of that important detail and information that would make a make us care about her character even more. I don't think it would actually detract. I think it would it would make us care about her more because we can see how really dark and dangerous this is. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a part of this, you got to commit to it. And she did commit and we have seen her do that, but we didn't get to spend that time with her. So now I'm just wondering well, why not just make this a Reva show? Really, if we're being serious about it, because yeah. that sounds interesting to me. Absolutely, uh, a, a, an undercover type of story, somebody infiltrating the Empire. We've never seen that before. True, that would have been excellent. I think if they if they played it right, and 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 it just goes back to what I said last week, which is disappointing, is that this show isn't really about Obi Wan anymore. It hasn't been for a few episodes now. He's just he's just reacting to everything, mm-hmm. and and I don't I don't get that. I don't get why. They've made the choice to introduce a new character who who has depth, who is nuanced and very complicated. And I like her. I like her as a character. I don't understand the choice to introduce her and to spend so much time about her and then still name this show Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, we see him in Vader fight. Yes, it's about their re- reuniting, which is also technically breaking canon, you know, from what we learned in A New Hope. But I'll let that slide. 
I, I, I don't understand why I call it Obi-Wan Kenobi because he hasn't really done any sort of growth and development even still now. Like, even after this episode, like, what true growth and development for him have we seen? Maybe they'll dump it all on us next week, but that seems a little bit of a problem to me to just, like, reserve a lot of that information and that key context until the final episode. Because, again, I don't feel like we've seen him truly grow in much respect since episode one where we find out what he was doing and what he's been up to for 10 years. It's mostly just him, a part of situations, reacting, rescuing people, mm. saving people, fighting people. That's really all it's been. Like, and that just seems like a that seems like a big wasted opportunity in my eyes, especially for somebody of the caliber of Ewan McGregor coming back to this role after being away for so long. I, I'm not mad at the Reva stuff. I like that. But I think, again, just the, 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 the way that the show's been constructed... Yep. I think that there was a better way to go about it ultimately. Yeah, man. It's, it goes back to that two-show thing <laughs> that we're talking about. There's two completely different shows happening here, man. And that Reva stuff, I, man, I just wish... it's it. Part of me in my head is, is still thinking, like, what if the end goal was for, for there to be Reva something later on down the line? You know, I don't know. It just feels like there's so much they didn't tell us before this show happened that was planned. And so they were like, uh... We might have to throw this in Obi Wan, and so they did, <laughs> and, and and that's kind of what it feels like, man. It's it's, it's it, it really is interesting. I, I want to know how this show started out versus how it's going now. I'm I'm, I'm really curious because I I don't feel like it's it's black and white. I don't feel like it's one to one. Definitely feels like a lot got muddled in between, and then this show kind of happens. And so again, Obi Wan as a character suffers from that as we watch the show, man. It it, it, it does suck. He's almost like I even like necessarily the narrator. But he does feel like he's just going <laughs> going through the motions, you know, yeah. a, a little bit in terms of being a character because there there just should have been more moments like a lot of the moments we're having with Reva of like I when when Obi-Wan is like struggling to get his confidence back, mm-hmm. we never but beyond him actually doing it, we never really get a moment where he sits down and like has like a revelation. Exactly. Or like a coming to life. You know what I mean? Like like what inspired that moment yeah. for him to actually get his what, confidence What back? is the divine intervention that you had to go from Ben back to Obi-Wan? Which is mm-hmm. the name of the show. Like how do we get back there? It's just, yeah. I, and, and we know he'll eventually be Ben again, but I feel like it should be Ben. The show was like, Obi-Wan's back. And then the end of the show was like, okay, he has to be Ben again. That should be the show. That should literally yeah. be the show. How do we get from point A to point B to point C? That's the show. And it's like, we haven't really got to Obi-Wan. <laughs> We've been Ben really the entire time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think there, there's certainly been a lot of changes with this series. We know that this is something that they've been working on for a long time, and it was initially slated to be a movie, and they had scripts, and then they kind of threw those out and reworked it, and told an entirely different story i too would be interested to know like what was the first iteration of it we may never know but i'd be curious not to say that it would even be better it might not it might it might have been worse you know we we don't have that information but something something's going on something happened that the changed. i think just the dynamic and the nature of like what this ultimately ended up being versus what exactly i think a lot of us thought it would be right and i just i'm kind of wrestling with that idea but let's talk about something good though we should talk about the fight between Reva and Vader because they have a whole moment at the end of this episode 
that closes out things. And uh, we were wondering what a what a next fight was going to be. Was it going was it going to be a, a Reva and Obi Wan teaming up against Vader? Was it just going to be Obi Wan and Vader going back at it again, which we still probably may see next week? Instead, we just got a true one on one duel between Reva and Vader, and you get that moment of Vader getting off of his ship, infiltrating the base. And he's just ripping down doors, ripping down walls, using the force to the utmost degree to get to the ship and to get to Obi-Wan now that they've located him. And there's a decoy present, which we have to thank Leia for that because she's able to create this situation where there's two ships and there's a decoy ship that Vader just obliterates with without hesitation. And then the real ship flies off. And so Obi-Wan's plan was ultimately to use Reva's aggression to to um or or ex- instead use Darth Vader's aggression towards Obi-Wan as a distraction so that Reva could kill him. That was the plan. And so that led Reva to attempting to to strike him down with her lightsaber. Doesn't work. He senses it. And then they fight and they go at it. And boy, I mean Darth Vader mops the floor <laughs> with Reva. It ain't even close. Not even like close. it's the brooms were out. It was a 4-0 sweep instantly, oh, man. Dude. I mean, it was ridiculous. The man never even pulled out his own lightsaber to fi- fight her. Like he used only her weapons. He even took hers apart. It was it was so great to see that. I thought that that was a that was a, a highlight of this episode for sure. To just see him work and to see how good Vader is and how strong and powerful he is. Because even though she tried to catch him from behind, it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Even though she had this really tricked out lightsaber that could spin around and do all these different weird things, wasn't going to work. This man is just so connected to the forest that he, again, he didn't have to pull out his own lightsaber. He was just using his hand to push her aside, to thrust her away, to take away her lightsaber. It was weird. It was real wizard shit. And I was, I was completely here for it. Yeah, it was an amazing moment because it makes so much sense that Darth Vader would whip her ass. Just knowing the powerful <laughs> guy this is supposed to be is like, I, I, bro, the moment where, first of all, he breaks her uh, double-bladed spinning saber and gives her the saber. He's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, now, now we'll really fight. He said, oh, okay, you want to fight? I will give you a weapon. I have already stripped you of these weapons, but I will give you a weapon and we can fight. And he <laughs> takes it from her a second time. First, double-handed Darth Vader, just some scary shit, bro. Like I've I've never thought I would see that. Like what saber in both hands and crazy, bro. I I was I was very entertained by it. Clearly you can see how uh, strong he is with the force too he really probably never even had to touch the girl if he really didn't want to it could have been all force whatever force pushes force pulls i mean the the dude is crazy and i i, I love that they made that decision man to for to for them to say this is darth motherfucking vader <laughs> like of course this fight is easy for him i thought that was very well done yeah, don't get it twisted at all. Like, let's not forget the man is a little bit older, but he he only becomes more powerful. And it was just great. I you know, I I remember talking about the Obi-Wan fight earlier this season. I was kind of hoping for that first Obi-Wan fight to be this. Like I wanted it to be mm. such a decisive ass whooping yeah. for Obi-Wan. Mm. And I mean, yes, he did he did whoop Obi-Wan's ass, but it felt it didn't feel as it didn't feel as great as this did. Like, yeah. this was him showing off. And I was hoping that we would get that moment with Obi-Wan at first. That that was a little bit more personal. You know, he 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 kind of toyed around with him. But he was also, it seemed like he was a little bit reserved in that fight, too. Because mm. he knew Obi-Wan is, like, still a great, 
he's still a great duelist, right? He's still great right. with the force and, and sabers. But then he he ultimately found out like, oh, you're not the same, Obi Wan. Like the years have caught up with you. Right. You're not as great as you used to be. And then he he attacked. He pounced on him. But here, I think he just knew from the get go, this girl can't touch me, and she's not going to touch me. She's not gonna lay a finger on this shiny ass armor. I just got out this Bacta tank to come deal with this, and this shiny ass armor is not gonna be at all be smudged in this fight. I'm going to just deal with her real easily. But that was a great moment. I really love that. Um, but as you alluded to earlier, we see that he's pretty much known the entire time that this that this woman's been after revenge because he tells her when he puts the lightsaber right through her abdomen, he tells her, you know, you did you really think that I didn't that I didn't remember youngling and he, ref, he he's referencing that moment. Um, which again is a little bit confusing cuz why? Why Vader did you let this go on for so long if you knew if you knew that this person was out for revenge, did you maybe just hope that she would actually turn to the dark side and just see how it would all play play out? Um, perhaps, you know, maybe Vader is he's so strong that he knows like, OK, well, if she ever does try to kill me, she just won't be able to because I'm that I'm that powerful. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a confidence thing again. You know, that 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 sort of that hubris that Anakin has always had. But it was that was that was an interesting moment to see that, like, he's known this entire time. So. I don't know how they rectify that, if they rectify that in the next mm -hmm. episode, but I found that to be kind of an interesting choice in that moment. And then we do ultimately see the first Grand Inquisitor come back, which we we, we sort of knew he was going to come back because he is in Rebels, which takes place after this show. And he he talks shit to her. You know, he he says some real savage shit like we're going to leave you in, where we found you in the gutter. Jeez. Felt racist to me, but, I, you know, be that as it may, <laughs> it was yeah. what it was. But, uh, yeah, what'd you think about all that, that final, you know, sort of showdown between those two at that moment? Yeah, man, I was I was just thinking how, you know, maybe this was I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the scenario where Reba doesn't turn on him. What happens? Like what? What is Darth Vader? I don't know. Like is Grand Inquisitor still in the back, ready to come out like is what mm, like mm -hmm. what is the yeah what's that moment if reva never does any of that is is he so strong in the force that he just knows that's coming is he like i, I that's just something that i just couldn't really put my finger on because it very much felt like of course in that moment reva was like okay this is it versus like i don't know versus she could have she could have turned on him the next day or the day after that or next week how do we know it was today? Like, where did she mess up? So I wish there was just a, like a very small something to where we sure. we seen her mess something up, but we really didn't get that until they they started talking through the door. You know what I mean? They start. We really didn't get that up until then. Maybe maybe he seen what we seen. There was not enough malicious intent <laughs> in the things that she was doing. Maybe he seen, but like I yeah, that moment just felt like I liked it a lot because it was like oh. We're gonna leave her in the gutter. I was like, damn, that's messed up. Some dark stuff. But also was like, but how did you know? Like, what? I get it. The force is a thing, <laughs> but maybe we can say that. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Like, I, I seen this coming. You think I didn't remember young? Like, I don't know. Maybe as a youngling, she was good. And now she is really bad. Because you killed everybody she knew. You know, I don't know. Like, maybe some people are like that. Some people are literally part of the Sith because they have no family. Like, that's a real thing. And so, like, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to see uh, a, a little clarity on that. But, man, I still I still love where we went there and, and leaving her there. Um, I wish we'd seen her wound a little bit better to know, like, yeah. how she was alive. Because, like, 
usually you know like lightsaber deaths aren't <laughs> or like you know what i'm saying like i don't know maybe maybe he really thought she was gonna bleed out which was it seemed plausible of course that's like part of the plot armor with the device on the ground or whatever but yeah it's just it's, it was just all very interesting it's pretty evident that a lightsaber through the abdomen <laughs> is it's not the kill shot all of a not sudden like that shot. doesn't do it anymore because grand inquisitor is alive she survived <laughs> two of them at this point yeah. I, I mean shit you really want to kill somebody i guess you just got to take their head off because yeah. going straight through the guts just ain't gonna do it work. which i hope you want i don't get all in half that nigga was still I, alive <laughs> that still didn't work either i mean i'm really wondering about the effectiveness of these weapons but um <laughs> yeah i mean that whole moment that the timing was impeccable i mean yeah grand inquisitor was he was right there pulled up it's like he was queued up ready to go, <laughs> ready to go it's like did vader have a conversation yeah. like all right you ready for this bro you're gonna, you gonna get this you're gonna get the signal and that's when you're gonna walk in right now exactly as soon as as soon as i got her on her knees and i say youngling that's when you walk into the background i no, i'm with you because it's just like man that that's a little too perfect that's a little too on the nose but um be that as it may you know what happened i do think um i i think it, it provides for an interesting canvas for where she goes in the future reva we we just don't know exactly what this all looks like because what we see at the end is that, is that she looks at that device, that locate that locator that that's left behind at the end, and she sees that Darth Vader has a son on Tatooine. She she's able to piece together, I guess, the information from Bail Organa, who sent over that transmitter information earlier, saying that Luke was still on Tatooine and that you know he might find out and come after him. And so I don't know what this all leads to. I don't know what Luke's involvement is, you know, in the next episode. But they point to him. That's the last shot of him sleeping. So obviously. We're going to go back to Tatooine again, and, and it looks like everything will sort of conclude there. Um, at least that's what I think we're led to believe here. I don't know how the kids play into all of this. I don't even... Does does Vader even know that he has children? Like, has that truly been revealed? I I'm, don't know. I'm confused about it, because like you said, Leia was right there last episode, and I, I, I don't know. I just... I don't get it. I don't understand whether he knows or not. I can't even definitively answer if somebody were to ask me that. And so maybe he finds out next episode. Maybe that's now that I'm saying it out loud, that's probably what it is, really. Like that gives him the information that ultimately reveals, no, I am your father and the Empire Strikes mm -hmm. Back. Yeah. Next episode is probably him finding Absolutely. that out. Um and so that'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. But um we'll have to see. One more episode. Episode six is coming out next week on Disney Plus. Any hopes or expectations, you know, before we wrap up here or on what they may do in terms of closing out the series? Yeah, man. Uh I think you know, this last episode will be some weird chase <laughs> to 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 Luke. And he'll, Luke will never find out about any of this, of course. We know he hasn't had any previous yeah. interactions with any of these people <laughs> in this TV show at this point. Um, but it, it I, I think it does make for interesting is like, okay, the, the race to your son. And like you said, this is exactly how Vader finds out. I think that I think it's actually an interesting premise um for last episode is is how do we how do they protect luke how does vader feel once he learns that he has children out there what's what does that look like and what does it also look like that in my mind it looks like reva is gonna be like oh i'm gonna go kill your son then that you didn't know you had <laughs> mm, that's kind of what yeah. it feels like and so i'm uh even though that still feels very reva ish i uh, i still feel like obi-wan comes through in the clutch fight happens who knows what happens but we know he has to disappear 
by the end of all of this. He has right. to. He, he has to. He, he's going to end up back on Tatooine, but we we know he has to go back, become Ben, and all of that. I think they have a actually a ton to do in the last episode. Especially this episode was I think the shortest of the series. Am I mistaken? It was last really week's was short. shorter. Oh, okay, last like week's was shorter, but this minutes. one's like the second shortest. Yeah, got you. Yeah, it was still okay. short. Yeah, so they, they have a ton to do. I think in this last episode, and I'm hoping they use all the time more than anything. You had a good. You had a good five. Bring us home the best you can. Again, we're still going to have our criticisms about the show, but you can still end on something. You can still end on something. And a lot of these characters also have plot armor. You know, Ben's not going to die. You know, Leia's not going to die. You know, Darth Vader lives. They have all the plot armor in the world, but I think there's still interesting things they can do in between to make it a worthwhile watch. And so I'm just hoping they do those things. Certainly hope so. Episode five has largely been positively received, I think, especially... An improvement over last week if they do end it in a really satisfying way for most people then i think a lot of people will consider this show a success despite some of the criticisms we've laid out here despite maybe some of the expectations that we've had but i just hope that it can be if it can match what they did this week and then just like slightly exceed it with mm-hmm. some 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 logic yeah. like some actual like <laughs> stuff that makes sense right then i'll be good i'll be like okay you know it was fine it wasn't the greatest thing i've ever seen but it, it's fine if you can give me that emotional pull at the end of episode six that 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 just provides everything i need to make it a satisfying addition to this whole universe and to make it something that i would want to watch between episode three and a new hope right like it it makes me want to revisit the series to fill in that gap hopefully they are able to deliver that in the series finale next week but until then if you've seen part five of obi-wan kenobi definitely hit us up and let us know what you think Tracker works. Launch the attack. He expects me to surrender. This isn't over yet. The finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi just went down this past week on Disney+. Plus. As we know, this entire series is directed by Deborah Chow. We've been talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi each and every week here and have had some mixed reactions to it, to say the least. And I think it's been a series that's had some highs, absolutely had some lows, and now it's at the end. The series has concluded, and so we're going to spend some time here talking about everything that went down in that finale. And before we get into spoilers, we're going to just do sort of big picture thoughts about it. And I can go ahead and start and just quickly... Give what I thought about the finale and how everything wrapped up before we do dive into spoilers and get your thoughts as well. Um, Overall, I'll say that I liked the episode. I didn't love it. I didn't love it really just because of my problems that I've had with this entire series, right? And I think that some of those things still exist in this finale. I will say that it delivered on a lot of things that I wanted it to deliver on, especially in terms of the stuff between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, as we've seen sort of elaborated on and fleshed out in certain episodes throughout this season. There's definitely still some flaws with a particular storyline that we've been circling back to as it relates to Reva as a character, as it relates to some of the other supporting characters in the show. But overall, it was fine. I liked it. I liked a lot of things that I saw. I thought that there were definitely some high moments, especially on an emotional level that I wasn't anticipating and I thought were executed really, really well. And then there's some other things that still leave me confused, that still don't make as much sense to me. And ultimately, what I think I'm left with after watching this entire series, now that we've reached the end of it, 
One, I'm glad that it's over, if I'm being really honest. I'm glad that we've reached the end because to continue to watch this each and every week and be let down in many respects is not fun. That's never fun. I want this to be the greatest thing ever. And coming into this series, I thought that it might have been one of the better Star Wars things that we've ever gotten. And it wasn't, unfortunately. But even though that I'm glad that it's over, in in hindsight, I sort of fall back on what I've been saying, I think, on multiple, multiple occasions in previous reviews, mm-hmm. in that I think that ultimately what we have to really realize as creators, I mean, I say we, not we, literally, because I'm not making this stuff, but like these yeah. companies that make these decisions... Mm-hmm. Is that I don't think everything is suitable for streaming, if I'm being honest. I just don't think everything mm-hmm. needs to be multiple episodes on streaming. Like some things should be movies. Yeah. And if this was initially conceived as such, then maybe it should have stayed that way. Because I think ultimately now that we've gotten the entire story, I do believe if this was a movie, it would have been more focused. It would have made more sense. It would have been more cinematic. It would have been more emotional. And yeah. I think it ultimately would have been more satisfying. But because they decided to stretch this out into six, six episodes um, and, and probably add some characters, and I know they changed the story pretty significantly over the past few years from what it was initially pitched as, I think that there were just too many different balls in too many different directions that that that, that just weren't handled in the best way possible. And, and, and that's disappointing. Um, it could have been so much more for me. I know a lot of people do like the series and were satisfied, and I know there's a lot of people that didn't like it and, and were pretty... And left pretty unsatisfied by it. It's one of the more mixed things we've gotten lately out of Star Wars. And so um, I'm, I'm certainly in that camp. They're not bad by any means. I don't think it's bad. It's certainly not the worst Star Wars thing we've ever gotten because there's right. been much worse shit. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what I was expecting and what I was hoping for, especially with a character like Obi-Wan Kenobi and an actor like Ewan McGregor who's so beloved, especially in this role, it didn't meet those expectations, unfortunately. Although there were some moments in this finale in particular that I did like that we'll talk about in the spoiler review. So overall, I'm very mixed on it, and I'm kind of glad that it's over. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it been, uh, again, just to you know, kind of echo what you said, just such a mixed bag with this TV show in general. And one thing about it is they're just, when you, you present a character that's as big as Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, one of, again, still one of the few characters that we get in both the prequel trilogy um, and the original trilogy. It, it, I just feel like there's so much care that you have to take when it comes to really not only your bigger biggest properties, but some of your biggest characters, man. If you come out with a fucking, I don't know, Darth Vader movie, I'd be surprised if you didn't take care very much of that movie. Like, in, in here... It just feels like there was just some things that were rushed or maybe we we just didn't sit down and map everything out like we would have had this been one of the movies. And and so to go to your point, I, I have to agree that as a film, I just believe that that care would have been taken to make sure that this was, um, you know, really and honestly better than what we've gotten, you know, in the series um overall this episode itself it's fine it's uh there's a lot of cool stuff in it that i really really like and there's some other stuff in it that's just mad to me (laughs) um and and I, i honestly by that token it makes it kind of a middle episode for me i don't like it as much as maybe like a a a episode five i think episode five was a little bit more well put together but i also don't not like it 
as much as like in episode one or two, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's just things um, um, that kind of put this one in the middle, and it it yeah, I don't I don't know how else to to explain it, but beyond that attention to to, to care that that was needed. Of course, you're gonna have a mini budget. You're still Disney and Star Wars. You know what I mean? But it's like when when people are nerds of something, you can tell. And it doesn't feel like everybody who needed to be in the room was in the room <laughs> sometimes for some of this. Uh, and, 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 and it allowed it to fall, not necessarily apart, but not be put together completely either. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I, what I will say is I would revisit this way before I'd revisit the book of Boba Fett. But what I, <laughs> what I, what I do like about this show, though, I will say is I love that there, if you want to, there's something to watch in between the, the prequel trilogy and the newer trilogy. I, I kind of love this idea of like a middle, these middle stories that's happening because I think Rogue One is a beast. I think it's a good movie. And then and then you kind of give us something like an Obi-Wan where it's like, okay, maybe week to week, not so good. But maybe if you're like going through your Star Wars watches, you could just binge it real quick. You know what I mean? I love that about it. I love that it, it can put... Uh, serve as like that connective tissue between the two things um so yeah overall man uh i'm still i guess i'm happy i'm still happy it exists you know what i'm saying this could have never happened we could have never gotten obi-wan anything and that's fine too but i'm 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 just can be disappointed in a little bit in, in what we've gotten here especially knowing what star wars that's the thing about bad star wars it, it what pisses people off is the potential <laughs> more than like what pisses people off about the what we gotten it's like what but okay but what could it be and that happens so often that it's easy for us to get frustrated because like we see it and and we've seen the greatness even in this episode i'm like yes do that that's that could have been the whole thing and then it's not the whole thing and so it it just yeah man it it ends up falling in the middle for me so again i still i still it's still star wars it's still obi-wan i still enjoyed myself but i can't help but again to wonder in hope that, like you said, given a movie, what the potential could have been. Well, you know, as always, as we do this show, there, there tends to be like live developments that go down as we're recording. And I just came across another one. There was an exclusive interview that just came out with the direct where Stuart Beattie, the writer, um, the credited writer on Obi-Wan Kenobi, just did an interview with him and talked about how he conceived this story as a full trilogy of movies. Um, and mm. he actually said that, you know, he wrote this film. To be a film, in fact, and he did it about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, he spent about a year and a half working on it, and then they made the decision to not move forward with films after the disappointment of Solo and what happened with that mm. movie, the box office disappointment. And he conceived this actually with the first film, which is what the show was, but he says in this interview that they stretched it from two hours to six, or maybe you know more, more accurately five and a half based off the run times, but that he had other stories planned to do a full trilogy and that after the events of this and what this story was, there were going to be subsequent stories to really make that transition from Obi-Wan to Ben Kenobi make mm -hmm. more sense. Cause there's other things that weren't touched on in the show right. that still kind of seem sudden when you go and watch a new hope. Like the fact that like Ben Kenobi is just like so willingly sacrificing himself to Vader out of nowhere it's like, well, where did that come from? He just gave right. himself up to the force. Like, mm -hmm. how? What, 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 what led him to doing that? And so he actually conceived of a trilogy that, I mean, they could technically still theoretically go forward with, with That's like true. another season or another two seasons. But 
this just sort of reaffirms everything that we just said that this this is absolutely this isolated standalone limited series at least as of now mm-hmm. was conceived as a two hour maybe two hour plus story and they ultimately stretched it to five and a half mm-hmm. to a lot for the time on Disney plus and I think that that just that just provided just too much too much opportunity for them to to, to come up with maybe some some more unfocused and, and unsatisfying elements that we ended up getting here. But let's get into the spoiler aspect of this of this episode and talk about some details. If you've not seen the finale of Obi Wan Kenobi, go watch that. Come back and listen to the rest of our conversation. This is your spoiler warning. I just want to start off and talk about the Reva stuff off top because after last episode, we saw her get blasted by Darth Vader. Doesn't die. She does survive. We now know that. A fucking gut punch with a lightsaber to the to the abdomen doesn't mean anything anymore. Anybody can <laughs> outlive that. Um, she goes to Tatooine because she now knows the location of Luke. Um, and she is going to kill Luke for revenge against Vader because that is Vader's son. How do we know that? I, I'm just, um, you know, so okay. So to, 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 to back back, <laughs> we, we, if you've heard these Obi-Wan reviews... This Reva storyline has been the one thing that is one of the few things I should say that has just not been working mm-hmm. in the best way or in the way that we would we we would have hoped for. And um, it doesn't really get any better with this episode because we have this character Reva played by Moses Ingram who is looking for revenge against Darth Vader, and so her 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 idea is to is to take out his son. And um, I think ultimately. Now that this whole story is concluded and now we know what like Reva's arc is, at least in terms of like what this what this show has presented us with, this is just such a huge disservice to Moses Ingram as an actor. We just gotta say it now at this point. How Lucasfilm could literally look this woman in the eyes and warn her that she is going to get so many ha- acts of hate thrown against her because simply she's just a black woman coming into Star Wars because there's racist Star Wars fans and we saw all of that when the show premiered they literally warned her like you're gonna face this we've already been through this with John Boyega we've been through it with Kelly Marie Tran there are some very very deplorable people that exist within this fandom they're not really fans because you wouldn't be that way if you were a true fan and they're gonna be racist and they're gonna be sexist and they're gonna be mean and despicable in all the ways possible how you could warn somebody like that and then not follow through with like the best fucking story we've ever seen from Star Wars is kind of beyond me. Like you have you have enough foresight to say like this is going to be bad for you based on fan reaction. We're going to equip you and prepare you in that sense. Mm-hmm. But you don't give her an actual meaningful sensible story. It's it's confounding. I don't I don't understand it how such a disservice was done to her because she really is a talented actor we've seen her do very good work before she's proven but the writing does not live up to what this character should be it does not live up to what this actor is capable of this story is convoluted it doesn't add up it doesn't make sense it's just so weird to me that they botched this and i think that i don't know this for certain but i think that this is this has to be one of the major elements that was created for this this new iteration of this mm-hmm. show i don't think that this could have existed before right. or if it did it had to get dramatically changed because there is something that's just not adding up here what i will say is that i think moses ingram her performance like just her performance i liked it more and more every episode because we saw her get to flex more of her muscles 
and expose more of like what she was as a character. Mm-hmm. But again, the writing was just not living up to what this needed to be for her and what what we were hoping. And I'm just so confused by these decisions. Like, are we supposed to feel for her? Is she redeemed? Even though she just tried to kill a little boy. And now we're just going to like forgive her because Obi-Wan like gives her credit. Like, you know, you actually made the right decision. You actually did do service to all your fellow younglings. Like you mm-hmm. actually made them proud. Did she? <laughs> did she? I mean, she was almost about to take Luke out. It was it was literally that last moment where she just changed her mind. Like, we can't forget two episodes ago, she was threatening young Leia, you know, and threatening to harm her and 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 and, and hurt her. That that just happened. And so I I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. That whole that whole plot as it was happening throughout this episode, I really didn't care. I mean, it was good to see uncle owen back you know it was good to see it was good to see him back in the series but but just seeing that whole thing go down man i just wasn't i wasn't satisfied by it and i think that they they really did her a great disservice with this character it was really disappointing i mean even how how does she know that that is his son did we miss something in the tv show didn't Bail Organa say it in that transmission message, or am I, or am I tripping? I, he said something about the children, but the I don't know children, if I don't know if he specifically said he did not say. Oh, that boy! Those are, he didn't say Anakin's children. <laughs> he did not. No, he, he did not say, say Anakin's Darth children. Vader's kids. <laughs> no, he didn't. I I don't know. I get. I guess in the lead up, we. I mean, we we opened the episode and she's like searching for information on Tatooine. I get. I, I, I maybe guess. she was able to piece it together. I guess, but they're they're leaving a lot to the imagination for sure. Yeah, there's it's just some stuff, man. Where it's like there's certain details that you just need to say. Like she learned from if Bill Organa had said Anakin's children or Anakin and Maya's children or Anakin and I don't know, Anakin and Darth Vader should have been somewhere to tell us that that was Luke's son. Because in my mind, when I'm watching this, I'm just like, how does she know to go after this little boy? I just could not figure it out. Um, But here we are, man. And Reva, uh, I agree in in, in what you were saying, where every episode I start to like her performance more. Because even the, the hard act in like the first episode that she's doing comes with now in my mind comes with ever so slight doubt because she's not full Sith. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, ooh, you're try- you're trying to be a little bit more of a tough guy than you really are because you have not completely surrendered yourself to the darkness. You're here for revenge, and so like that makes a little bit more sense in terms of what I was watching after knowing the things that she was going about. So I, I agree with that completely, man. Such a disservice to her character. I just don't know what the plan was. It feels like after everything is all said and done. It feels like at the end of it, it should say Reva will return in her own TV show. It, but we haven't gotten any of that. And I don't know. It's, but it also feels like we should have had a Reva show before this show. <laughs> so it's I don't know, man. I don't really know what else to say or add to it except for that. They just did. It makes me mad because after after the, the newest trilogy happens, right, we get. Uh, uh, I don't even know they ain't new movies no more um, we get 7 through 8 or 7 through 9 mm-hmm. and a lot of people are disappointed because they kind of hint that Finn is force sensitive and he doesn't get to be force sensitive and we kind of people feel like they wasted a character and Finn okay we don't get to get, see our black Jedi we don't get to see it but 
there's this cool ass Sith lady coming up named Reva. And we're like, okay, so a black woman's going to be a Sith. I'll take that. That's fine. This also sounds cool. She's not only a Sith anymore, but she's about to kill a little boy. She was, her story's not the best. The logic is not that. I don't know, man. It just feels like we keep dropping the ball on these characters. And because they're not white, <laughs> we're not taking care of them the ways in which we should take care of them. And because I was really excited for Reva, man. I was. Um, it's not that I don't like her. I still like her, sure, as a character beyond the things that we've seen. <laughs> but I, I like the idea of her character. How about that? Let's put it there um they they there's just so much that is just missing from 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 what this uh for Reva was supposed to be in the series man and, and this whole thing has been i don't know it's just been a really weird experience kind of watching her week to week and what's going on but man if it, again if the way they ended it if a Reva show pops up we shouldn't be surprised if what i will say she can't just pop up with a freaking lightsaber I know that. It better be like a training montage or something. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but they, they have things to fix if they're going to use these characters again. There, there's still a lot of time. You mentioned in between Obi-Wan and Ben. There's a lot of time. Is he? Does he train Reaper? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Give me... I don't know, man. I just know there's things on the table that it feels like because sometimes they're setting up for something else they don't give us the things that we should get right now and it still feels like that in this episode concerning reva concerning obi-wan concerning the the really the low whole last episode it's like you feel like you're still ramping up towards something in some of these parts or you feel like you're i don't know or it's a weird goodbye towards something that's like doesn't feel quite tied up completely and so it, it yeah it's just been a really weird really weird ride when it comes to both moses ingram and, and how they had to treat reva in this series I'm just I'm just mostly confused as to what we're supposed to feel towards this character at the end of the, all of this. Like, all of a sudden she's supposed to be liberated from the dark side. Well, it's it's like you didn't you didn't give us the story to make us truly feel that way to really feel for her. As I said last week, if the whole intention and the goal was to have her get revenge against Darth Vader because of what she did to her fellow younglings and herself then that probably is better known up front and early as opposed to withholding that information for so long when we only have so much time to spend with these people mm -hmm. and we're led to believe something and then it's all of a sudden subverted, but it's not subverted in a good way. It's subverted in a way that's confusing because it just, it throws wrinkles into the plan. It, it makes you, it makes you recall certain things that happened and you wonder, well, well, why did she do that? Did she really need to cut that ladies off on Tatooine? Like, mm what the hell like what's going on here like it was it just simply a revenge mission or did she truly get consumed by the dark side mm -hmm. and she was also trying to get revenge they didn't spend the time to tell us that though i think that that's what they tried to try to illustrate in this episode that not only was she after vader which is admirable i guess to to seek out revenge which you know that's perceptive because Revenge can be consuming, obviously, right? But they didn't—they didn't spend the time to really flesh that out. How revenge yeah. can be consuming, and how it can change you, and it can alter you, and it can make you a darker and more aggressive person than you were before. All of that stuff—it's—it's it's just left unsaid, and it shouldn't be. Like that's—that's mm -hmm. that's very important and integral information that we need to see her go through throughout the series. And if that was the case, then this should have been a Reva show, not an Obi Wan Kenobi show. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make sense that. Somebody who needs the time to really flesh this stuff out and to make it make sense 
was not afforded that time because they wanted to focus on an Obi-Wan Kenobi show and they couldn't even do that. Like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is really a, just a supporting player in this show, and he's just reacting to shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to that, too, because, like, what did we learn about Obi-Wan Kenobi in the show? Not really anything. So it's just really frustrating to see stuff like this, just like the ball just get dropped, right? And I think that by the end of this, Reva's a character. I don't feel really much for her. I don't feel bad for her at all. Like, this woman did some really terrible shit. I don't, and I don't feel she's truly liberated from the dark side. Mm-hmm. Like, just because she did this, like, listen... Characters in Star Wars past, they don't really get redeemed. Like, people think that Darth Vader got redeemed. No, he didn't. He died. He fucking <laughs> died. Like, that man died. People think that Ben Solo uh, got redeemed in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in The Rise of Skywalker. No, he died. He, he died. did some terrible shit, and he died. Like, that doesn't happen. Reva just gets to walk away? I, okay, because she just made one one decision to not kill this little boy, although she had done some really terrible stuff in the past and let a lot of stuff happen. I don't know, man. It just don't add up. The math ain't mathing for me <laughs> on this one, so I'm just not here for that. I, I just wish I wish they gave her more to work with, and I think Moses deserved better. Yeah. So if they do revisit her character, they got to change some shit up for sure. It needs a, it needs a lot it needs a lot of work because this was very underbaked and very undercooked. Um, let's talk about something good, or at least I think it's good. We finally do get another rematch between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi in this episode. Mm-hmm. They fight again, which we we were suspecting would happen because that 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 previous fight. It was all right. It was okay. It was a little bit of an appetizer. It could have been better, but it was what it was. This was the real fight, though. This is what they were teasing this entire series. They had often touted this as the rematch of the century after their fight in Revenge of the Sith, and now we finally got to it. They go to this desolate planet that has these stones and these mountains, so it feels appropriately epic. It feels like a gladiator battleground, and Vader and Obi-Wan duke it out. They go at it, and they're going at it hard. It's a lot of fighting, a lot of back and forth, a lot of choreography. I gotta say... I liked it. This was a huge improvement over that last fight, which I was very critical about. You know, that was more of a moment as opposed to a fight. It was just to show that Obi-Wan was really not shit anymore and Vader was now the shit. This was more of an even matchup. Although we didn't really get the time and and, and the the character moments to see like how Obi-Wan became this strong again. We didn't really see that. It just kind of happened. Be that as it may, we get the fight, and I'm glad we got the fight. It was good. I really, really liked it. I thought the way that they used the environment was really cool and creative. It was dark, but I liked that it was dark, and it was lit dark because Mm -hmm. you can see the illumination of the lightsabers. That was cool, especially for the moment that happened with Anakin. I want to get to that in a second, too, but the fight itself, I I, I thought it was was good. I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was well-staged for the most part. Um, The only thing I will say, again, if this was a movie... I think it could have looked even better because they would have had a bigger budget and they would have spent less money on more episodes. I think it could have looked even better than it did. It looks good. It wasn't terrible by any means. Like most of it looked really good, but I think it could have looked better. And there's some stuff that doesn't make sense again. Um, and, and and overall, though it was a good fight, the emotional payoff wasn't totally there for me because of the lack of time we spent getting to this moment. Um, there is a moment again with Anakin, but I think that that was the one part that de- de- delivered the most for me, but it it still didn't feel necessarily as powerful as I think it could have felt if if this series as a whole was was done a little bit better. Oh yeah, for sure, there could have been just a little bit more um, um, emotional payoff for the fight for sure. If they just had focused a little bit more on the characters that they really wanted to focus on between Vader and, and, and Obi Wan, I agree. I like the fight a lot. I was just hoping for a little bit more epicness in terms of the setting just a little bit but i i do agree i i, I still love 
I still love like when the lightsabers just are illuminated in a dark space and they're like going crazy. I probably will never get tired of that to be honest. Um, but still would have been tired if like the world was ending again while they were fighting. Um, that shit, <laughs> apocalyptic that, as fuck on Mustafar. I, I love when that shit happens, bro. It's just like, why are you fighting? The world's exploding. That's what makes it even yeah. more cooler. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, but it seems like you answered. I was going to say, is this fight better or is the fight on Mustafar from Revenge man, of the Sith still the supreme fight? It's going to be freaking impossible, bro, to like to ever really surpass that fight for real, for real. It really is, unless... I think it's the greatest they've ever done. Like any fight of, of any movie any series i think yeah. i don't think it gets any better than that because in 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 this is super nerdy here but it's just the way they've put saber fighting in these movies they very mm-hmm. much even in the new trilogy they changed they don't fight like they did in the prequel trilogy and in you know there's always pros and cons of everything the pros of the prequel trilogy is the way niggas use lightsabers in the prequel it's just superior man i don't i really can't figure out why they changed it so much in the mm-hmm. in the newer trilogy. I still like it better than the original trilogy for sure. But like the prequel trilogy, they're going stupid. Like the choreography <laughs> is just so good, bro. There's flips man. and force throws and it's I don't know, man. It's just really the speed good. too the speed. is ridiculous. And when people in real life cosplay and model, there's niggas that do real choreograph Jedi fights, like in real life all the time. And when they do that, that's from the prequel trilogy shit. Like, they're Absolutely. not doing that off of anything else. They're like, no, this is episode one, two, and three, how niggas was fighting. And, and that's exactly um, what they go off of. So I really think it's hard to, to pass Mustafar at this point. Is it possible? I think it is, but it's going to take a lot. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to have to recreate this whole epic fight thing again. The choreography got to be there. They got to understand that the fight system needs to go back <laughs> a little bit to what it was you know what I mean? but yeah I don't, i'm not sure they could ever pass it but i really did enjoy the fight here i think like it was a lot of good choreography the one thing about this fight even besides i, I didn't say it could be just a little cooler one one thing about this fight that was and for me is those little flashes of leia and and all of a sudden he was like strong again <laughs> Oh my God! I was like, Leia, is this our coming to Jesus moment? Is this the divine intervention that shows Obi Wan who he is? I don't think so. I don't. Th- I would have rather for him to have flashes of of Hayden Christensen, Anakin. You know, what I'm yeah. like or yeah. like that would Padme, make more sense. Throw yeah. some Padme moments in there, some Qui Gon moments in there. They was flashing Leia, baby Leia. I was like, this cannot be it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you have the force because the girl you met last week, I understand you have love for her. Like, I, I get that. Like, I get that you have the love for her because you knew her mom, but show us her mom then. Natalie yeah. Portman could have showed up for some pictures. You could have used some old clips from freaking, you know what I'm saying? Like, Leia, I don't know. That's just the one thing I just was like, I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, other than that, man, uh, it, it was a pretty good fight. Um, I like how he got smashed by rocks. I kind of like that, and he had to like hold it up. Kind of like that idea because that doesn't cool it, it doesn't happen too often that way. Of course, there there's always moments where like let's say like Count Dooku is throwing shit at Yoda. You know what I mean? But like he catches it instantly, or something else happens. I love how like I love how Obi Wan had to struggle in that moment. I, I I do mess with that. Um, so yeah, man, I I enjoyed the fight overall. It was also infuriating. 
the moments that they would cut away from the fight to go to the Reva oh, stuff on yes. Tatooine. Yes. Like, really? We're going to leave we're this after, after waiting. After, you made us wait six weeks and now we're going to cut away during the fight. Really? Yeah. That, you know, and it's stuff like that. That's where the limitations of TV come in because they probably did that for budget reasons. Like, mm. I, 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 it's stuck. And, and I should say this as well. In the Revenge of the Sith fight on Mustafar between Anakin and Obi-Wan, they also cut away from that fight. But you know what they cut away to? They cut away to fucking Yoda and Palpatine fighting, which was also fucking badass. That shit was going crazy. Yeah. They were throwing the fucking Senate seats at they each other. They were flipping and Yoda <laughs> was going nuts. So you had the two most epic fights we had ever seen. I mean, these were two dream matchups. Yeah. Yoda versus Palpatine yep. and Anakin versus Obi-Wan. That's, what? That's, that's like, the one. That's what you're cross-cutting between. So that I'm here for that because both are going to maintain mm-hmm. that level of tension that you need. But to go from like what we've been waiting for to something that just has not been delivering really at any point in the show, again, was just like, why? Why are you cutting away from this moment? Like, I just want to stay. Let me see what's happening. Let's just focus for just like five minutes here for what, you know, for what ultimately is probably an eight minute or nine minute sequence in this whole thing. But that being said, there were some cool moments. I agree with you. Throwing the rocks at each other was dope shit. I like that. When Obi-Wan lifted all those rocks out the off the ground and he looked like Jesus for, <laughs> for a second, I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. Like, he's powerful <laughs> as fuck. Um, but it was cool. It was, you know, it, 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 by and large, I think if we did a top 10 lightsaber battles in Star Wars history, I, mm-hmm. I, I could see it being top 10, absolutely. Yeah, it, wouldn't be, sure. it wouldn't be high, the highest on the list, because like you said, that prequel trilogy had just so many bangers. Mm-hmm. But... This did a good enough job, but the best part of it for me was ultimately Obi-Wan besting Anakin, Darth Vader in this moment, slices his helmet and exposes half of his face. Again, a moment I didn't expect that was just so powerfully delivered by Hayden Christensen. I got to give him all props for this moment because this was probably my favorite part of the episode because you get this moment of realization between these two characters. You see Ewan McGregor giving this incredibly emotional performance, which by the way, again, Regardless of how I feel about the series, Ewan McGregor's been great. With everything Absolutely. he's been given and everything he's worked with, he's been great. And he continued in this moment. He's so emotional. He's so empathetic and sorrowful about everything that's happened. And he apologizes. And you see the the the, the half-exposed face of Anakin along with the mask of Vader. And you also get the the dipping in and out of the different voices. Like you're hearing Anakin's voice, but you're also mm-hmm. hearing James Earl Jones' voice mm-hmm. as it's distorted. Oh my God, so fucking artistic and creative to just show that full transition finally happened. Like this, this is how you do it. This is how you show the transition from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. You do it in a subtle moment like that. Like I think in what they did in this movie with that one moment, Mm -hmm. they couldn't really figure out how to do in three movies with the prequel trilogy because without this series, it's still a little hard to believe how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Like I still find it hard Mm -hmm. because... Hayden Christensen didn't have a great script to work with. Those scripts are just not, they're not that fantastic. Let's just be honest about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what a terrible (laughs) fucking line. Those scripts are not great. But this moment, just showcasing that back and forth between these two and just that dipping in and out of the voice. And then you finally get the moment where Anakin just kind of, he kind of lets Obi-Wan off the leash, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. You know, he he goes from in the previous encounter, I am what you made me, to now saying, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. Now he's fully embracing the dark side. He's fully evil. This 
makes you buy into that transition. This mm-hmm. makes you believe in that full that full 180 that he does as a character from going to being a, a Padawan and a Jedi in training and, and being the most the most incredible Jedi possible, the one that was supposed to bring balance to the Force to ultimately being the most evil Force in the galaxy. I think that this sealed the deal here. It did it. They did an incredible job with this. This is this was my favorite part of the episode by far. Yeah, it like you said, it was it was done just very well artistically, man. I uh I think there what made it was a standout moment for everything you just said. The voices, the and I and and I think I had seen his helmet get sliced like that before in something. I forgot. It might have been Rebels actually. But what 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 like everything you said does make it so different though. It's like the turning moment of because even old boys laying on the ground, you and Mustafar with no limbs, you're just like that's just an angry dude. You're still not like Darth Vader, right? Like, how do we get from that to the he choking niggas? Like before that, he ain't never choked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, damn. I mean, I guess there is the moment where he is like killing younglings, but Darth Vader though is like a walk in the room. There's like this confidence that Darth Vader has that Anakin never had. Right. And it, and it's like, how do we get to that moment? You know what I mean? The way he walked, even the way he fought Reva, we ain't never seen that shit from regular Hayden Christensen, Anakin. You know what I'm saying? Boy had two sabers throwing. I don't know. This the confidence was different. I love, like you said, I love that moment where he says, "I, you didn't kill Anakin. I did." And it's just like, damn, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that should have been the show. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this, wow I, really an obi-wan oh, kenobi show really wow they don't say what a it. revelation what a revelation um yeah man it, it it i wish i just wish we had more of this in the series that's all this is all i'm looking for and when i say star wars this is what i'm talking about that's star wars man that's this is literally what it's about throwing rocks at niggas <laughs> slicing helmets <laughs> Like, this, <laughs> this is it. This yo, when is, Vader put his fucking hand on the ground to use the force to create a crater, crazy. I was like, yo, this dude is next level powerful, man. And in the moment where, you know, Obi-Wan goes into his stance, he, like, remembers that he's that nigga. Like, I love just the, con- like you said, Ian McGregor was doing good work, you know, throughout the show um, in general, man. And, and in fact, I even say he's doing better work um then he, then he did a lot of prequel trilogies like one he's become a better actor overall of course but it's also mm-hmm. the way ewan mcgregor acts with his with his eyes that's become yes. even even more just like prominent of, of a thing of his and man he's just really good man so uh, uh it was it was really a, a treat to see in the series too regardless of how we kind of feel about some of the things that uh transpired in the show certainly how great was it seeing Emperor Palpatine back in this show? Ian McDermott popped back up for a quick little cameo here. Didn't expect it. Um, and and we finally get, I think, again, sort of cementing everything we saw in that scene where he's revealing to Obi-Wan, like, I killed Anakin Skywalker. I think they put the nail in the coffin with the scene with Palpatine because he's still, he's still looking for Obi-Wan. He's like, I'm going to do everything I can. We're going to search and destroy Obi-Wan. And Palpatine is like, you know, I think... I think you might be a little distracted, my friend. I think you might want to rethink this because if you never move past who you used to be, you can never become who you're meant to be. And mm. that's that's to be this most supreme ruler of the galaxy. And that's the final moment that makes that transition possible. That's the moment where he's like, he means nothing. He's the past. And that's where we get Darth Vader. That's really the birth of Darth Vader, I think, even more than what we saw in Revenge of the Sith. This mm-hmm. is him finally accepting 
his new role in his position and and being that that second in, in command to Palpatine. I love I love seeing Ian McDermott back here. I just I gotta wonder what the hell does Palpatine be doing in his spare time? Like my my guy's just like there, just doing. I, I what is he doing? Because like he just pops in, and I'm always wondering. Like yeah, we see Vader a lot. And sometimes I even wonder what Vader's doing. Like, is he just like on Mustafar, just chilling in the throne room? Like, when he's not conquering the galaxy, like, what is he doing? Is he just in the ba- in the Bakta tank? Like, what's going on? But <laughs> even more so than that, like Palpatine, what is he? Well, apparently he was fucking because he has a granddaughter. Exactly. That was the whole thing. Palpatine was out here fucking. But uh, I just, <laughs> I really be wonder what he's spending his time with. But be be that as it may, I I enjoyed seeing seeing uh, Ian McDermott pop up back here. He's always a treat just to pop into any Star Wars, anything. Oh, for sure. And it's always a surprise, uh, especially just there. It was hell of a surprise to Rise of Skywalker. Everybody was like, what the hell just happened? But <laughs> here it's like, man, I, I just did not expect to see him. And the, the reason I love this, him appearing here too, though, is because I think a lot of times in the realm of Sith and Darth Vader, we forget about the rule of two. It's like, duh, Palpatine's around somewhere. He's part of the rule of two. <laughs> it's like him and Vader have to coincide. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, of course. But it uh, goes to your point, though, too. It's like, what has this nigga been doing the whole time? Is he just like <laughs> playing cards with the rest of the crew? Like, I, I, just, did. <laughs> I just I just don't know. Like, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's really interesting. But th- this has to be around the time that, like you said, he, he was fucking. Like, when did... It gotta be, yeah. You're right. If we if we adding up the years, it's starting to get it's it's starting to get around that time. If that's his granddaughter, this will be the time. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, um, but it's it's yeah, it's a treat to see him, man. He's so he's so good at what he does. It's funny because like the the idea of Palpatine has always been one thing, and I feel like he's he's always kind of like surpassed that by the by the way he pops up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there was, like, a, a thought of what the Palpatine was supposed to be before a movie happens. And then he steps in and is like, no, I'm him. And he just looks really good. You know, he, he looks really good doing it. And now, you can't imagine anything else. Like, if I seen, like, some concept art for Palpatine, I'd be like, that's not Palpatine. I don't care what your concepts say. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really cool to see him, man. That's what's up. I have waited a long time for this moment, my little green friend. Um, he's great. I love him. Um, so, as we wrap up here, Obi Wan has some final moments with both Luke and Leia, sort of, you know, sort of putting a bow on that. He he does see Leia. He gives her a holster, which you know that's obviously a callback and and, and something she would carry forth as she became a, a an older woman. Uh, and he also is able to meet Luke. He he's back on Tatooine. He's sort of packing up. He's gonna. I guess he's going to go find a different cave <laughs> to stay in. <laughs> I guess. The fact that my man living out of caves, man, I need better for him. But um, he goes and he sees Luke and we get the, you know, the really iconic hello there. You know, that was that was that was nice. Um, and, and, and finally, as the show wraps up, we, we get what we expected. We get the the cameo appearance from Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn returning for the first time really on screen back in Star Wars since The Phantom Menace. I mean, people have wanted to see this for so long now, and we finally got it at the end of the series, and we've been waiting on it. Kind of kind of, kind of weird that we had to get it in the literally the final shot of this series. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you would think that this, this would maybe happen at a more pivotal time for the character of Obi-Wan, but I was still glad to see him nonetheless. I think that... uh it was good to, to, to sort of pay that off that he was finally able to get to a place of 
really becoming a master Jedi. You know, not only was yeah. he able to defeat Vader again, and I guess now at this point that they're they're two two. You know, Obi Wan's mm-hmm. defeated him twice. Vader Vader ultimately defeated him twice. Um, but now he can really master the ways of the Force and 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 access Force ghosts and and talk to his former master. Um, so it was a cool moment, and that really ended the, the series. I mean, what what were your thoughts on just sort of that wrap up there? Him sort of seeing Leia again, parting ways with her, telling her about the attributes that she has from both her mother and her father mm-hmm. without really revealing the nature of their of their history, seeing Luke as well and, you know, sort of sort of allowing himself to open up, to be opening up that way to him and then, you know, lastly wrapping up with, with Qui-Gon there. Yeah, man, it was cool. Um, only thing I don't understand about the, the little Luke stuff is, like, he doesn't remember any of this. You know what I mean? Like, and we get to episode uh, four, and we're just like, I don't know. It feels like Luke should remember more than what he's led on to think that he knows. You know what I mean? After seeing the show, you're like, you know you got chased with a woman with a lightsaber, right? Like, you know what a lightsaber is, right? And now we're gonna we're just supposed to go to episode four and be like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> kind of type thing. And so that's Absolutely. It's kind of a hole to me. What I thought was when I seen him knocked out, I was like, okay, maybe he, like, forgets the past, you know what I mean, like a couple of days or something. I thought maybe that was the point. But after, you know, he kind of made Obi-Wan, I'm like, mm, maybe that's not where they're going here. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I just thought they were going to tie it up, and they didn't really tie that that part of it up. Um, him and the Leia stuff, I actually liked that goodbye a lot. I thought that was really well done. Um, I love I love the holster. That was really cool for me, really sweet moment. Also love, I love that Leia didn't have to hear everything about her parents. Like, I love yeah. that she just needed to hear from from obi-wan the characteristics that you know she kind of got from both I, I i love i love that moment i thought it was really well done um but yeah it like you said i, I want better for him <laughs> living out of caves is not it i'm sh- i mean i get i don't know why people live on tatooine in the first place to be honest I mean, <laughs> it's the worst place to be it's like the worst place to live man um but he's gonna be there uh man i Damn, yeah, I just want better for him. Qui-Gon, man, seeing him pop up was great. I will always, he will always be one character I say I always needed more of. Um, I think he is in the Clone Wars for a little bit, but the I, he, there's so much of him that ends up being transferred into Ray's character that mm-hmm. it is so weird because the transfer never really happens on the big screen. You know what I mean? Like, Qui-Gon, we talk about being one of those first gray Jedi that we've ever seen. He didn't completely mess with the jedi council you know what i mean like that and that it never really translates to anything you know until we do kind of see uh uh ray kind of adopt that grayish jedi mentality so it's it's always been weird for me so but i'm completely happy to see him here man reprise his role um and i think we're going to see him again in uh tales of the jedi he's been confirmed i think at least his character the character quite gotcha. i don't know about liam neeson specifically but i think sure. he'll show up in in, in in tales of the jedi so maybe that'll give me some what i'm looking for <laughs> but always good to see him man because i mean that's part of my childhood bro phantom menace again regardless how as we go back i, I do tend to find things that i like more about phantom menace but it it it's just one of those things that just feels so it's almost like it's a comfort movie now right like you just turn it on you'd be like man I know exactly where I am <laughs> as soon as you see Qui-Gon Jinn on the screen. So it's, it, it was good to see him here. Yeah, I agree. Um, as we wrap up here, I mean, just provide some last thoughts on just this entire series as a whole. I won't retread much of what I've said because I've, I've said a lot about it already. But 
again, I think that this was an okay show. It wasn't terrible. It's not the worst Star Wars we've ever gotten, but it could have been so much better. Um, I think ultimately they had some some really high moments. I just I just wonder about the whole the whole construction of it. You know, I, I get the feeling that they probably had an idea like, well, what if Obi-Wan and Darth Vader had a rematch? And then they decided to construct an entire series out of that, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right place to start from. I think you have to really always start with story and character and find the the reason as to why to tell the story. Because now, again, at this point, I feel like we don't know much more about Obi-Wan than we already did coming into this. We, yeah. we saw that he was remorseful. We saw how heavy this was on his spirit. Absolutely. And we saw that this was really eating away at him. But what true growth and development was there? I mean... This guy did leave his Padawan burning alive on Mustafar. Like, did they really wrap that up? Like, I mean, he said sorry, yes, but did they really, really wrap that up? Did we get enough time to hear him talk about that? How that made him feel? And why does he keep walking away from this dude in the worst state? Like, (laughs) damn, son, like, maybe you should kill him if you're going to go that far. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy's kind of the most evil person in the galaxy, and you still chose to walk away and he would come back 10 years later to kill you. I don't, I don't know. It's just stuff like that that just doesn't make sense, you know? So I just, I find myself with that moment and with many moments throughout the show where I'm just kind of scratching my head at it. Ultimately, as I said at the top, I think that this would have been better constructed as a film. I really do. I mean, I don't know exactly what the film would have looked like or how we would have experienced it, but I think that it would have provided a better canvas to focus and to really hone in on what this should have been about because the Rava stuff that got added in, Reva, I should say, um, it didn't live up what to, to, to what it needed to, um, especially in service to what the Obi-Wan character is and how that was going to impact him. Um, ultimately, I'll pass it to you. Any last-minute thoughts about this? And also, do you want to see more of this? Because Ewan McGregor has been very open about wanting to continue. Like, he does not want to hang up the cape of being Obi-Wan anytime soon. He's glad to come back. Would you want to see a season two? Would you want to see a Reva story, a, a Darth Vader centric series? I mean, what do you what do you foresee as the future of these particular characters in general, and just your overall thoughts on the series? You know, I I still think by just by way of Star Wars fan, first and foremost, uh, I just agree that everything just does work better as a film. At least with this show, for sure, everything works better as a film. But the way things ended in the show, there's a a force sensitive black woman out there that we don't know what's going on. So I feel like there's something there. I, I love I love when there are things to play with in the wind. You don't necessarily have to make a show out of them, but I feel like they do have to show up at some point and somehow. Like they're not gonna forget about Ariva, you know, kinda sitting out there. I feel like they have plans for her. But I, I at the end of the day, it's what makes a good story for me. And if they can find a way for another obi-wan story which if he planned a whole trilogy give the man a movie bro like one <laughs> one movie. y'all have too much money for y'all to be like eh, just do a disney plus show but um because star wars fans are going to show up man it's like you know what i'm saying like people are going to be excited to watch it i understand being afraid of something like the way solo went that's still so different man it's hard yeah it's to, not comparable really it's not comparable you pulling out a a non-force sensitive dude. You know what I'm saying? That nigga's not a Jedi. <laughs> also an actor who who's never been solo. Like yeah. Solo's always been Harrison Ford. Exactly. And then it's Ewan McGregor. If you can get Ewan McGregor, put him on the big screen. Like it just makes sense. Um and, and, and unfortunately they couldn't do that here and they suffered. But again, I still think there's enough 
good in the show for me. Or okay, yeah, there's enough good in the show for me to for me to actually still appreciate. It, I think in the long run, right now I'm like, eh, Obi Wan. We're talking about it now. I'm like, eh, but I can see myself in like before the next big Star Wars film comes out. Mm-hmm. I can see myself running through this and being like, I'll run back at least at least some of these Obi Wan moments that I like a lot in order to tie up between Episode three and Episode four. I will definitely go go by and see some of these things. So I see a little bit of the good in some of these things, but there's so much to still, that still needs to happen, I think, in order to get to that moment. So if if they told me Obi-Wan season two was to happen, I wouldn't be super surprised. If they told me a Reaper series was going to happen, I wouldn't be super surprised. A lot of the good things in this show were pure Vader things. If a lot of, if they told me a Vader show was happening, I would not be surprised, but Going off what we said at the top of the uh, uh, of this review specifically, if they made them into movies, I also couldn't I couldn't be surprised there either because I, I think there's service to do there. But again, at the end of the day, if there's story to be told, in my mind, you tell the story, and I definitely do believe there's story to be told. They just have to do it, figure out the right way, the right avenues, and hopefully, this TV show has been uh, a learning experience for them the same way. The MCU is going through a lot of the same things in terms of learning curves. You know what I mean? I think they need to find their stride and what needs to be a TV show and what doesn't. Mando, yes, it's a cowboy in space. Hell yeah. It needs to, it's literally a different adventure every day. Make that into a TV show. Obi-Wan, mm, he's not a cowboy in space. He's not a bounty hunter. <laughs> he is uh, uh, a washed-up Jedi who don't know who, who has lost touch with the Force. Maybe not so much a TV show as you think it is. And if it is, figure it out. Figure out the the formula because this six episode thing and it, I don't know. It just hasn't been working, man. So all in all, uh, I I think it's all possible, and I think it's all could be serviceable and worth it. They just need to figure out what they need to do, and and I'll leave it there. Well said, man. Well, folks, that closes the book on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Those are our thoughts on the finale and the series as a whole. If you've checked out this series, definitely hit us up and let us know what you think. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, God. Thank <laughs> you.